The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and still to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who not only has no chill, he desires no chill, Josh Borboni. How are you doing this evening? Hi, this would have been highly appropriate yesterday when it was negative eight degrees outside. Ooh, and we had all the chill. Brisk. That's brisk. <laughs> and I certainly don't desire the chill. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josh, it's nice to talk to you again. Uh, this is, listener, uh, even though it is February, this is technically our January episode. Life yeah. happened multiple times a- along the way here. Uh, so this is technically our January episode that you're getting in February. But hey, you're going to get a February episode later this month still. So lucky you. You'll actually get two episodes closer together. That'll hopefully be more fun. So... But, uh, you know, Josh, we last time we recorded a podcast was prior to the holidays, right? It Crazy. Was in la- it was last year. We've gone through all of January. What has been going on, man? How was life? What's going on? I, I don't I don't even know. I can't keep track. Things are weird, right? I, I just, what is time? Um, I know, right? Yeah, it's, it is weird. We have had Christmas since then. I went on a cruise. Uh, I got COVID again. <laughs> You're just doing all those things. Uh, what else? What else? I have to have a root canal. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I'm thrilled about that. That's exciting news. Um, yeah, today it was 58 degrees warmer than it was yesterday in my city. Nice. nice. <laughs> and it was only 50 today. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was 50 here. Goodness gracious. Uh, yeah, it has been a very odd winter temperature wise. Um, I don't know what to say. I mean, I went on a board game cruise. I only played like three board games, but. <laughs> 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 and that's probably on the low end of what most people there played in one day. I did it in a week. <laughs> so let's talk more about this cruise. Tell me about your your adventure and and your the three. Ga- well, we can talk about the games later, but like, yeah. how was the cruise? Like, what was it like being around all of you know these quote unquote board game celebrities? Like, what was what was your time like? <laughs> it was great. We had a really fun time. Uh, the ship was smaller than I thought because I was watching the vlogs from last year's cruise. Yeah, which was a much bigger ship than this ship. Have you watched um, this year's vlogs yet? They I posted did. Yeah, one today. Yeah, they posted it yesterday. Oh, yesterday. Okay. I'm in it a few times. I, so I was going to see if you can spot me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I have it on my to watch list. I haven't watched it yet, though. I was like, I wonder if uh, I can see Josh. It'll, it, it could be easy to find me because the day before we left for our cruise, my wife didn't tell me, but she dyed her hair blue uh, and didn't <laughs> tell me the day before we left for a week long cruise. Um, so if you find the lady with the blue hair, that's me sitting next to her. Oh, um, perfect. But yeah, we're in the video a few times. Um, 
it kind of yeah it recaps you know our our adventure on the seas and uh we just you know we talked about it we're already talking about doing another cruise um if i'm gonna be real about it it was just kind of nice to not have anything scheduled at all we didn't book it we didn't book any excursions and i know okay, people okay. you know and, and that's typically what a lot of people do but we kind of decided we wanted to play it by ear and if we were going to pick like book an excursion we were just going to do it that day right or the day before um and it was just real nice to wake up when we wake up and do whatever we want whenever we wanted uh eat whenever we wanted to eat eat whatever we wanted to eat <laughs> Uh, we had ice cream every time we walked by the ice cream machine. Uh, we laid out on the pool, uh, in the chairs, uh, went into the hot tubs, like just did cruise stuff. It was great. We played some board games. We made a lot of, not a lot of friends. We made a bunch of new friends, some new, uh, pretty good new friends on the cruise. We played board games with a couple of them. Um, but mostly we did our own thing and it was wonderful and it was hard to come back. I had a really rough week, uh, if as a human being, okay, coming back to my normal life, uh, more than usual, more than like, I'm not including my family. I'm just kind of talking cause I, obviously we, I miss my son, like the Dickens, if you will, uh, while we were gone. Uh, but coming back to real life and work and feeling that underappreciated feeling and feeling all this pressure of a week's worth of work waiting for you. And yeah, just, it was more difficult than in my previous jobs, probably because my job is a little bit more in demand and high pressure than my past jobs. Yeah. Um, but I had a real hard time, uh, with life, work life, and balancing that uh, when we came back, because that's how much of a good time I had. Uh, just having no responsibilities and no worries. Uh, I had no allergies. My cats, no cat allergies. I could breathe every day. <laughs> uh, I, my my nose weren't clogged. My eyes weren't itchy. Everything was just better. <laughs> Minus okay. family missing. Right, right. But it was great. It was a lot of fun. And uh, whether you can do it with board games or not, I still I have always recommended cruises. And I continue to do that. And I can say my wife, who he, she can't even be a passenger in a car anymore without getting car sick, Oof, yeah. uh, had no problems on the cruise ship at all. Oh, so for nice. people who have worries about seasickness and there were a couple nights where it was a little bit more uh, uh wobbly than normal uh she still did fine um so and obviously not everyone's like that we did bring dramamine just in case right um and one of the people we sat with the girl one of the girls the girl from um Denmark she did get seasick one night um but she recovered just fine uh, yeah, it was a blast. It was a blast. So, Josh, you go on a board game cruise, uh -huh. and you play three board games? Just as like in my real life. I have all these board games, and how many do I play? <laughs> I know. We should have done more. But honestly, um, 
it was, uh, I don't know. It wasn't our priority. You know, we knew it was there. It was an option. And it was our first cruise together. It was her first cruise as an adult. So there was just kind of just enough. There's enough for us to do to just want to also experience the cruise life. Um, So, you know, we played board games when we thought about it and wanted to. Uh, Uh It was, uh, you know, we we could have done a different cruise, not a Dice Tower one, and been just as happy. Do you think in the future you would do a non-Dice Tower cruise instead of the Dice Tower cruise? If if Dice Tower cruise cost more, I would do a regular cruise. Uh, But it was nice to not have to pack board games. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, having, uh, that huge library accessible to us was obviously very nice. Um, I would say one of our biggest issues was like, you had to check out a game from the library and then the open areas where you could play because the conference room was where all the games were was usually full. Okay. You'd have to walk all the way across to the other end of the ship Ah. with the game and then walk all you know when you're done walk it all the way back to check out another game which is a minor inconvenience but it was still an inconvenience right um otherwise like yeah uh yeah yeah <laughs> so would you say that you played would you guess more less or average number of board games compared to the typical dice tower cruise person no no we played in the one week that we were there, we played what an average person played in one day. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, you know what, though? You had fun, and that's the most important thing, and who cares, you know? Yeah, they went on the board were... game cruise to sit in the conference room and play board games all day, and that's fine. Right. Um, you know, you could tell which one of us, uh, the people on the deck getting sun, which one of us were dice tower people and which ones were not, and <laughs> it was typically just us that were dice tower people out there. Gotcha. For the most part. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it was it was nice. And we get to see Roy Kennedy uh, propose to his girlfriend. Oh, that's exciting. That was really nice. That is nice. I'm assuming what she have, said yes? Yes, she did say yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what, have, what about you? How's life been for you since we last talked? <clears throat> I mean, life has been fine. I mean, Break was nice, like, right? Like, got some time off of school for a while. That's now back in full spring, full spring, full swing again. Uh, but yeah, I got a lot of time to play games that I have been short on. And when we get to actually talk about what we've been playing, like, we yeah. actually both have a pretty extensive list of things <laughs> we've been playing. But I guess that's what the holidays does for us. So it kind of gives us that time. So, because yeah, most of those are definitely, you know, a few weeks ago. But overall, it's been good. Nothing super exciting happened or, or, you know, that stood out either super positive or super negative. It was nice to spend time with family over the holidays and get some games played and just take some time off and relax a little bit. And yeah, I mean, it was just, it was just good. Um, nothing. I didn't get COVID. I didn't go on a cruise good. and do any of those things. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's just been, uh, it's, it's kind of like, I have this conversation with my mom all the time where my mom, I'll talk to my mom. She'll be like, so what's been going on? I'm like, nothing like literally like nothing like i go to work and then i come home from work and like i make dinner and like clean up after dinner and play with the dogs and then do homework and then go to bed or i go to class and then i go to bed 
but that's it. Like, that's all I do. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty much all that it's been. So, um, we are planning or looking at planning. Um, we did our taxes this weekend, so that was pretty uh, yeah. exciting stuff. Um, but we are now, as a result of our taxes, looking at planning a, a vacation for this year. So nice. that's pretty exciting. But we got to figure out what that's going to be and when it's going to be. So, so yeah. But no, things are you know really really boring, which is okay. Like not boring in the sense of like I'm not happy with things, but just not boring as in that nothing out of the ordinary is yeah. going on in my life right now, which is totally okay. So. And it is, it is bizarre to think that, like, the last time we podcasted was before Christmas. And I barely remember Christmas. Yeah, I mean, me too. It was, uh, it feels so long ago. I mean, it was so long ago, but it feels it was. so long ago. So, awesome. But hey, like I said, we had a ton of, we have a ton of games to talk about. So maybe we should work our way towards doing that. So thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. This week, this month. As always, if you have any <laughs> feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with Fiji on Twitter. Or check out the awesome stuff um, over on the Instagram, also Bored with VG. We're proud to be part of the Play Some Video Games podcast family, and we encourage you to check out all the shows like the PSVG podcast, the Nintendo Shack with a new co-host, PSXP, and, you know, maybe Dollar Cinema again one day. You never know (laughs) when a new show might pop up, so be sure to stay tuned to all of your favorite PSVG podcasts to stay up to date. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, but, you know, we didn't get invited to go on the cruise, but that's okay. Uh, if you enjoy conversations <laughs> about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast archive, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, there's been some time. There's been some games have come out. Sure. What have you been playing, sir? Not as much as you, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> you have a lot oh. of stuff here. Well, I don't know what you said. Not it's that not much. That, like, you have a ton that, on here. It's not that much. It just looks like a lot. It's it's less than it looks like. Um. Well, I'll start. We can start with Dark Tide. We both played Dark Tide together. We did. I didn't even put that on my list. Can you, That's how long I, ago I that just was. put it on because I remembered that we played together. Because <laughs> you said you had time off, and I was like, "Oh, that's right. We did play a game together." <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we played Warhammer Dark Tide, which is the space spinoff of Vermintide 2 or Vermintide. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I don't know that I would say anything was remarkable, but it was a fun hack and slashy shooter from the Warhammer, Warhammer words, Warhammer people. Yeah. Uh, Kyle was the big giant tank dude. I was a little squirrely dude. And, you know, we killed a lot of bad guys and I think we had fun doing it. Yeah, I was I was surprised at uh, how fun that wa- that uh, game was and how excited I was every time there was like a new horde for us to fight. I was like, let's go. Yeah, it was so exciting then, though. I will say from a like story standpoint, why we're doing what we're doing, all that. Good stuff, I, I did no not idea. matter. No, I have, yeah, no clue. No clue. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, let's see. But Frosthaven finally showed up. It showed up four days ago, five days ago, something like that. Uh, so we built the insert. <laughs> That's I'm putting that as a thing. So our our Gloomhaven group got together and um, we wanted to crack the box. I didn't want to do it without them. So we got together on Friday night. We opened it up and I got the laser ox uh, cut out, which is very similar to the broken token. I would say not as good quality. Um, there are definitely some issues, um, but maybe I broke a piece on accident because I wasn't putting it in the wrong spot, but it, is, it was fixed. It happens. Gotcha. Uh, 
but yeah, we picked our characters and we have uh, the 18th scheduled for our first run at Frosthaven. We only built the insert. We didn't even put the pieces into where they go. So we'll see <laughs> if we actually play on the 18th or not. <laughs> or if you just put everything where it's supposed to go in. The yeah, it might now. just be putting things away unless I can convince. Maybe I can go over my buddy's house one of the Saturday Friday nights before then and just pop the stuff out with him and put him in. Uh, we'll see. But that is happening soon. Uh, I'll talk about a kid's game we have uh, called Forbidden Bridge. This is a board game. We got it on sale at Target. Uh, it looks kind of like a bad spinoff of Fireball Island, but it's actually really fun. It's great for kids and well, families, I would say, but you're, you have a rickety bridge and you're in boats and you're trying to get jewels and you're rolling dice to um, uh, get across this river, climb up this cliff, and then go across the bridge. And while you're doing that, uh, you can move other explorers. You can push the head of the idol, and the idol shakes the bridge. Uh, and if you fall off uh, and your gem falls out, other people can pick it up off the ground. And, uh, you know, it's a cute little game. Uh, so if you have family or kids, probably under 10, I think it would be a, a fun recommendation. I think we paid like 10 had, bucks. It had quite the uh, table slash floor presence. Like, it looks really it, cool. Yeah, it would play on the floor, yeah. <laughs> like, it looks really cool. Yeah, it has a good table presence. Um for for a cheapo game, uh, it's pretty fun. It reminded me of the games I play as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so that was nice. That was fun. Uh, I'm still playing around my Steam Deck. I'm still playing it. Uh, still enjoying it. I'll talk about a game I'm playing on it uh, in a little bit. But I also have got like there's like UI tweaks that you can get. So I changed how the dashboard looks. Um. And it's just a really kind of cool little piece of uh, portable computer that I get to take with me. And I really utilize that on vacation and the airports, the hotels, um, any time, any time in the, in the ship cabin while we were changing or napping or whatever. Uh, it was just nice to have around uh, and having my seam library. Although, because there's like, the Wi-Fi on the boat, even though it cost a fortune to get it, was uh -huh. almost non-existent. Perfect. Uh, so I was like, oh, I paid a lot of money for this to have almost no internet all week. Great. <laughs> <laughs> but I need it in a case of emergencies. Awesome. Um, speaking of the boat, we played a few... Oh, I didn't put it on here. Um, we played some board games. So we played... Uh, a game called Brew. It's by Pandasaurus Games. And uh, actually has something similar to another game we played. Uh, it is a worker placement game. It is called Brew, not because of what we thought, but it's called Brew because of potions. Mm, You're brewing gotcha. potions. And you are, um, I guess you could call it taming creatures. Okay. Um, and the goal, there's seasons in the game. Uh seasons no i'm thinking of yeah there are still seasons there's the four seasons are in the game also there's a day and night cycle on the board so after the day turn 
the board flips over to night. On the main board, there are locations like in a worker placement. So you move here, you get to do this. You move here, you get to do that kind of thing. Um, and kind of like typical worker placement games, uh, most spaces uh, only one person can be on. And you're using dice as your workers. So you roll your dice at the start of the turn. You have three element, three or four element dice and two rune dice, I believe is what it is. And you place those on the board on the corresponding um, markers for the dice you have to get certain things to use in the game as you're playing. Um, and there's a little bit of a take that. Some of the element dice can be used to place over opponent's die. And you would do that because there are cards at the top of the board that match the seasons. Um, and if you have the most die, on, there's four of them at the top. If you have the majority dice or die on each of those boards, you get every card that you have the majority on. Um, ties go to nobody. And then when you do that, you can score plain victory points from having those. Or if you have a creature that shares the same uh, habitat or season to that, you can use it to score more points by, uh, we'll say, retiring your creature or sending them off to pasture not in the way that some people might take that but in like in the good way um so there's a little bit of take that too you can brew potions to use them for special abilities as well to help you do certain things as you play um and the goal is to get you know like most games to get the most victory points by the end the art is really nice the dice are really nice really good dice um it's we uh we bought it um, when we came back, I think it's like 30 bucks new, so it's not too expensive. Yeah. Um, and I thought I had it here. I wonder where I put that. Oh, it's in the shelf behind me. I put it in my shelf. What a shocker. Uh, we also played parks. We've talked about parks before, so I don't have to go yeah. crazy about it, but, uh, it was the first time Ashley and I had played parks. We really enjoyed that a lot. We do plan on picking that up as well. We played a game called Eco, the last continent, or the first continent. I don't remember. Eco, the something continent. <laughs> um, and this was taught to us by one of um, the guys who sat at our dinner table. His name was Justin. And he taught us and the two other people from Denmark that sat with us um, how to play this game. Emma and Nicholas. Niklas. Uh, so we all played that. I shared some pictures. If I didn't share on Instagram, I will. Uh, and it's a it's if you've played Cascadia, it's not too different from Cascadia. Um, this is an AEG game, and you are essentially building this continent uh, turn by turn, and you can do tons of different things. But uh, it's about placing tiles, hexagonal tiles. Uh, placing animals, scoring uh, cards that you have that you're playing that have requirements to score. So what you're doing is you're drawing uh, kind of like runes out of a bag, very similar to like tiny towns when you're drawing um, like a brick. You know, everyone gets that. So it's the same thing. Uh, and you have to have cubes to place on your cards, these resource cubes which you can choose to do 
as action during your turn. You have a um, a little turn dial, and every time you don't do an action, you can turn your card. And there's four sides. Two of those sides let you do a special ability, like play an extra card or draw a resource token uh, as you play to give you a benefit for like missing out. Because sometimes someone might draw uh, a resource that you can use because your cards have the icons of the resources on them, so you can play those. So you are you're not always penalized for not being able to to do that. And, and the more you play, it started off so tiny, and eventually it was taken up the whole table by the end of the game. Uh, it is a longer game than the other games we played, but um, it was fun. We decided this one we're not adding to the library. The Borboni Library, but um, it was still fun to play, and I would play it again. Uh, yeah, but I've I don't heard think we need it. Mixed things about that camp. Some people yeah. really, really love it, and some people do not like it at all. So I could see, yeah, I could see it from both sides. Uh, it was fine overall. Uh, and then board game wise, finally, uh, also on the cruise, we played Spill. Uh, and this came about because we had round robin dining on the cruise. So Anyone could sit at any table they wanted, but we chose one table and Ashley and I sat at that one table every night. So we would just let people come to us. We would get in first. We'd always usually be the first people seated. And then a couple of times, a couple of the people like Justin would come back and he'd be there waiting for us, which was funny. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, one night we sat next to a guy named Andrew and his wife and I had to come to find out they owned they own Foam Brain Games, which is one of the sponsors of the cruise, uh, which was funny. And they didn't even mention it. They just talked about how they own a company and were sending their employees to Australia for a convention because they didn't want to fly to Australia to work oh. the convention. We're like, okay. oh, uh, I would do that. <laughs> uh, and then one night, two nights, I think the two nights before the end, um, uh, Eric Summer's wife came and sat at our table. Uh, we didn't know it was his wife until we started, you know, being good table guests and talking to each other and asking questions. Uh-huh. And she had mentioned to me, we were talking about games. She had mentioned Rescue Polar Bears. And I was like, oh, I was like, my buddy loves that game. He, he used to talk about it all the time and he wanted me to play it. Um, and I heard a game in that same kind of like eco um, friendly environment is the spill. And she's texting Eric summer because he's working the library at that time. Oh, gotcha. At the dinner time for that specific night. Um, and she's like, she kind of like, it was awkward because there's still four other people at our table. Yeah. And she looked at me and cause we kind of hit it off me and her. She like, we just were having a good conversation. She's like, hey, what are you guys doing after dinner? And I was like, oh, I don't think we have any plans. She's like, well, I think Eric checked out the spill if, if spill if you want to come play with us. So like, yeah, absolutely, we'll do that. So we played <laughs> Spill. And Spill plays like Castle Panic and Pandemic had a baby in the ocean under an oil rig that is exploding uh, and killing animals. Uh, and your goal is to rescue these uh, sea creatures uh before they get covered in oil or before you have an enemy what we all call spillouts which are essentially the epidemic cards and pandemic 
Uh-huh. You can only reach a certain amount. But every game you play, you have different victory conditions, and they vary. You also have um, your characters are very similar to Pandemic characters, where they each have a special ability. And the goal is to work together to save, contain the spill and save these animals. Um, so if that sounds like fun uh, to anybody, I can tell you it's very difficult. We did lose, <laughs> uh, but we had a fun time playing it. I could recommend that one. I'll probably add it. Uh, to the collection as well soon. Uh, uh, and, and how was playing a game with Eric Summerer? It was really cool listening to him read the instructions to us and then talk <laughs> and have normal conversation and make jokes. <clears throat> He's a really nice guy. His wife was really nice too. We had fun. It was a little surreal. Yeah. So I don't know that I was like fully present for everything, which <laughs> I think proves to me, and I don't mean this as a slight to Eric, but like it just kind of proves to me that I could never hold my composure around any type of celebrity <laughs> if I ever ran into one in real life. Um, because, yeah. Oh, and I like what you just added because that game came up a lot in conversation. The game you added, well, the game at the end of your list. Oh, gotcha. Came up a lot on the really, cruise. yeah, which oh. is very weird. So that is weird. Yeah, it's a game we're gonna have to check out. Uh, what am I missing here? Okay, so a game I talked about in the past uh, on early access on PC Game Pass is now out on Xbox Game Pass. It's called RoboQuest. And it is a roguelite first-person shooter. If you played Gunfire Reborn, like we've talked about in the past, it is not too similar to that, or even Hades, um, where you play as a robot, from a girl who kind of puts you together. The story's pretty light, but you're going to go into this game and you get a different gun every time you start and you can level up your character to have different perks. And as you progress through the levels, you find other guns. You can have two at a time and you can find shields and dashes and you can grind rails while you're shooting bad guys. Um, it's a real fun time killer. Uh, just like really quick levels. There are bosses. I haven't been able to beat any of the bosses yet. So okay. I can do some more leveling up. But if you like games similar to that and you had Game Pass, I mean, you should try it because you have it already, technically. So why not? Um, and the music's really good too. Kind of like arcade get in music, like very arcadey and. 80s 90s synth gotcha. pretty cool pretty fun uh a game that we discovered when i was thinking so it was so cold saturday we didn't leave the house so i was like what can the three of us play is there a game i can play with my son <clears throat> and my wife <laughs> two tough customers <laughs> so i went on to game pass and i looked at family and friend games and i scrolled all the way down didn't we downloaded minecraft i played minecraft with my son a little bit but I don't have anything substantial to report, so I won't. Uh, we both didn't know what we were doing, and we both felt like five-year-olds. Um, <laughs> I was like, "How do I? How do I craft things? What is happening? Why is this so difficult? I have I have stone and wood. Why can't I make an axe?" Uh, we found rubber bandits, which is like a cross between human fall flat and gang beasts. 
Uh, and if I, I really wish I recorded the sound of my child laughing, <laughs> continuously playing this game, even though he never scored any points, he didn't know. And it's essentially yeah. an arcade. You can play local, which is what we did. Um, slapsticky, uh, beat em up game with different, like there's a bunch of different mini games. I think there's maybe 12 different mini games but sometimes they add special rules like gun like weapons fall from the sky or um put your all characters have boxing gloves on but you can do three things you can jump oh sorry four things you can jump you can grab you can throw and you can hit and that's okay. your buttons a b and x that's all you need um you can wear silly costumes i was a banana i was a hot dog uh, but the joy brought to my son and then to us from the joy that he was having, we played it for so long and it was so much fun. Uh, great game. If you okay. have a five-year-old at home. Okay. <laughs> uh, shoot, I'm going on too long. Uh, quick, quick, Dead Space remake. Kyle grabbed it, snagged it up for us. I've only put a couple hours in. But man, uh, they really were like, we see you as an evil. We see you as an evil remake, and we're gonna <laughs> up, we're gonna one up it a little bit. It really feels like a current gen game. Uh, they did such a great job with adding more camera angles and texture. Like everything is just like to the eleventh notch. They did such a great job with it. The voice acting is, I think, f- different, um, better at least. So they must have had him re-record stuff. Uh, you get to see Isaac's face at the beginning a lot, which I don't remember from the first one. Maybe you do, but I don't think so. Um, and yeah, it's scary. I was like, I already know this game. It's not scary. Uh, they did a great job at recreating what the first game captured. And uh, if this is a game that you haven't played, but you do like horror games, you didn't want to go back to Dead Space. This is like a no-brainer. Fantastic. I don't know that I'll be able to go play Callisto Protocol after playing this. Yeah. Because I played Callisto a little bit, but this is just leaps and bounds better um, and too similar. (laughs) So uh, we'll see. We'll see about that. I'm still playing Midnight Suns. I have completed. I have finished Midnight Suns. Okay. I've beaten Midnight Suns. I have beaten the Deadpool DLC. Um, oh, wow. Okay. There is a new game plus. I haven't started new game plus yet because like a lot of these games, uh, after you finish end game, it puts you back to a pre end game state. So you can still do stuff. And there was a lot of stuff I didn't do that was outside of the combat which is like in the third person aspect of the game. So I'm doing that now and I'm exploring this, the the grounds and finding all these secrets and, and still really enjoying the story and the, the conversations between characters. Uh, still it's such an amazing game. Loving it. And then I guess I'll talk about, Oh wait, Oh shoot. I have two more things. Two big surprises for me. One, Hi-Fi Rush. I think that's a big surprise for everybody, right? The game that came out of nowhere that was 
Bethesda's uh, from the Xbox showcase where Bethesda was like, hey, uh, we're more rock and roll than you think we are. We can put out games that aren't Elder Scrolls spinoffs and <laughs> Dishonored reskins. I'm just taking some shots at Bethesda here. I don't yeah, you are. That's true. Uh, but they don't make very many games that I enjoy. Uh, so when I saw that this was on Game Pass and out that same day, I was like, well, like most Game Pass games, I'm going to try it. Yeah. See if it's any good. Um, I tried that other rhythm-based shooter. Uh, Metal Hellsinger. Metal Hellsinger. I didn't yeah. love it. I didn't think it was too great. At least not for me. Mm-hmm. So I was a little like on the fence of Hi-Fi Rush. And uh, I love this game. It's so good. It's just like a perfect marriage between what I did like about Sunset Overdrive, mm-hmm. what I did like about like Jet Set Radio, Jet Grind yeah. Radio, um, and it has some good um, combat. It has some good like melee combat. Um, that you don't need to be in rhythm, but it helps you to be in rhythm uh, with the songs. And there's good music. The music is really good. But I think the standout thing for me is the voice acting and the story. It's just really cool. It's not going to blow people away, but I think it's very Saturday morning cartoonish, very fun and funny. And I'm really enjoying... It's very fourth wally too. Like the character feels very much like He's talking to you. Um, so I'm really enjoying it a lot. I think it's a super fun game. And I'm enjoying my time with it. Uh, and lastly, I'll talk about this little Steam game that nobody knows about. Um, but I got it before my trip. And I've been loving it ever since. It's called Dave the Diver. And I am playing on Steam Deck exclusively. I could play on my PC. It probably would look great on my PC also. So maybe I'll try it at some point. Um, How do I describe this game? Uh, You play a diver. (laughs) And your job is to um, dive into, scuba dive into the water and harpoon fish and bring them back to a sushi restaurant that you have to work at because you're so down on your luck. And then you uh, take the ingredients of the fish you caught, give them to your sushi chef, and then you have to serve guests who come to your restaurant, not your restaurant, the restaurant you work at, and pour them green tea and clean up their dishes. And that's also part of the game. It's two games in one. It's a little overcooked, and it's a little underwater spear fishing. But the more you play, you can start hiring people at the restaurant to help you because you're getting, you get busy. There's a fun little narrative in the game. Um, there's voice acting. It's eight bit, by the way. I, you know, those games I love, uh, that <laughs> there's not too many of them uh, in the world. Um, and then as you're playing the diving portion, you're starting to uncover this secret about these, this ancient race of sea people um, in what they call the big blue hole, which changes every time you go in. So that also has a little bit of a rogue like atmosphere to it. Yeah. Where it's not always the same fish. Uh, Sharks can show up great whites. Um, In fact, the first time you see it, um, 
a tiger shark. It's so big compared to you. I thought it was a great white um, because they just do a good job at like the scale of what a shark uh, would look like if you approached it underwater. Uh, super fun game. Really chill. You can just kind of sit down and play one or two dives and then a, and then a night cooking at the sushi place and then put it down and pick it back up and continue your story. Um, just really addicting, a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, just a fun time. Yeah. I've actually heard uh, really, really good things about that game. So yeah, it's great. What, one of the other podcasts I listened to is talking about it. Eh, it might've been back in December. I don't quite remember maybe January, uh, but they were singing its praisers as well and saying it was quite, quite a, uh, surprisingly good time for playing yeah. day of the diver. So it seems really like it'd be a good fit for steam deck too. It's great on the steam deck. I, I really, it has full controller support, which is nice because not every steam deck game does. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, not every steam game does, but you can play it on steam deck, but yeah, it's great. Cool. I love it. A- anything else you've been playing you want to talk about? <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, that's too much. I already talked enough. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's what we're here to do is talk yeah. about what we've been playing. I'm excited for your list. Well, let's see. I'm actually really interested in, in this game I put at the end, but we'll get to that when I get to the end, I guess. Uh, so from a video game perspective, what have I been playing? Um, I finished up God of War Ragnarok, uh, including getting the platinum. So, uh, you know, beat all the tough people to beat and, and did all that fun stuff. So that was great. Uh, had I had to do my top 10 of last year now, maybe God of War would have been number one at this point now. I don't uh. know. It, yeah, it, it uh, Yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't platinum the first one, but I platinum to this one. So there we go. Um, had a great time with it. Uh, but then after I finished God of War Ragnarok, I was like, okay, what do I want to play next? You know, I got some time until some bigger games come out that I'm looking forward to. Let's finally play this game that Josh was like, hey, we're going to do something on the podcast about this. I was like, okay. Yeah. Um, so I finally picked up Cyberpunk 2077. I should say pick up. I've had it. I've owned it for a very long You've time. You've had it for a while. <laughs> yeah. Finally played Cyberpunk 2077 um and yeah it's it's okay i don't mind it um i i'm not super in love with it i also am not like a big witcher fan and not and obviously they're very different games but i said just to be like i'm not a big cd project fan in the past like i've never really gotten into their stuff um i enjoy what i've played of it i've probably only about four or five hours into it um the world is pretty cool like my character is really interesting but so far, like I just don't kind of care about what's happening in the world or like what any what any of my like missions are so far. What um, what uh, did you pick for your background? Uh, so I picked uh, whoever the uh, uh, person who starts outside the city, the nomad. No nomad. Yes, I started with the nomad. Um, so yeah, I like I said, I don't know. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not enraptured by it and part of that might be coming off of god of war because i, I love playing god of war and obviously it's sure. very very different games um but like i said i've i've enjoyed the time i've put into it it's still installed on my on my on my playstation uh and my xbox actually <laughs> i think it's installable um but uh, yeah I'm, i i i like it i just now knowing what is coming here in the near future i, I don't know how much more time i'm going to get into it anytime soon here but sure. it's still there and and i plan to keep playing it to degree um, but yeah, like it, I think it looks really pretty. It runs well, like, you know, the bug issues that they had before, obviously with now having the next gen patch on it, you know, I haven't had any issues from a technical standpoint at all. Everything has been great. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just so, 
it's such an interesting game, like an interesting world. But I, yeah, I don't know. I can't really quantify well how I feel about it, other than I'm still playing it. So that's good, sure. I guess. Uh, I also picked up this little twin stick shooter because I love twin stick shooters called Never Awake. Um, came out last year on PC, came out this year on Xbox, PlayStation. Um, it's just a little twin stick shooter where you have these really, really short levels. Um, and you are basically playing through a little girl's dreams that she is in a coma, I think. Um, henceforth, the never awake part. Um, but they do this really interesting thing of rather than having you get, have to get to the end of the level, uh, that you have to um, collect a certain number of gems. And once you collect, hit like the par number for the gems, then the level ends. So, but what it does is it loops. So you'll like kind of go through the level when you hit kind of what, where the quote unquote end is. If you don't have enough gems, it loops you back to the beginning and that counts towards your score. So it's like number of loops that you had to take to like get to the end of the, to complete the level requirements, which is kind of a neat little thing. Um, the animation is very interesting. Like the design of the world and the dreams and stuff is very interesting. Um, and there are these things that apparently I'm guessing this little girl is like, afraid of or doesn't like because like the first level is like all vegetables like or the first world is like all <laughs> vegetables that you're fighting yeah. uh and the second world so far has all been like dogs um really so yeah <laughs> but they're very messed up looking dogs like they're not cute little fluffy dogs that is for sure so yeah it's like i said it's a little twin stick shooter i'm having a good time with it if you like twin stick shooters i think it's worth a look um i mean it literally is like move and move with the left stick and with the right stick um you have a special ability like on your r bumper or trigger and you have a dash on your l bumper or trigger that's it like there's yeah. nothing else like no other buttons that are used very very straightforward but if you like that high score chase if you like that twin stick shooter um i think it's pretty fun i think it's pretty well put together pretty polished so i think it's uh it's not and it's pretty inexpensive so i think it's not definitely worth a look at least um also started lego star wars the skywalker saga uh so the wife and i pro finally sat down and started playing this game after uh taking quite a bit of time uh, we realized, though, that we had never watched the final Star Wars movie. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, so we got up to the eight of them, and then we watched the movie, and then we played the ninth of the world. <laughs> so we oh, have now seen it, uh, but we realized we had never seen it up until that point. Um, yeah, that movie's something else. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it, it's, you know, a really good Lego game. So if you like Lego games... Uh, it, I do like playing these games co-op. I, I think they're a good time. They're not too tough, but they are just kind of fun time to run around. Uh, they do. There's a lot of stuff in this game. Tons of worlds, tons of bricks to get, tons of characters to collect. Like you can very early on in the game um, unlock like a lot of the trackers that like show you where things are. And when you turn them on, your screen is just like, I mean, it is just littered with dots of like where things and you're just like oh my goodness gracious um so but they also have a pretty deep and robust leveling system um so that you are like leveling up like like your powers and your abilities and your life and how much damage you do um and how like how fast you build now is based off of leveling up rather than just turning on bricks and things like that like it's been in the past ones um and the shooting is like way different now so you actually like go when you're shooting things go and like pull out left trigger to aim and like right trigger to shoot like it's actually kind of like how you do it in third person action games these days uh so it's pretty good it's pretty fun the mission structure of it is annoying as all get up like it is oh goodness gracious like you'll get on a transport like you'll finish a level and it's like okay we got to go do this thing so you like 
will be like run all the way across the level to like walk into this place and then you'll go talk to the person you need to for six seconds and they're like thanks now go back all the way to where you just came from so you can like deploy deploy and you're like oh my gosh like why 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 (laughs) why are we doing this this way so some of that still is not good but overall the worlds are really lush and dense and the gameplay is the best it's ever been um so still having fun with it still enjoy playing it so that's pretty good um and then uh, yeah hi-fi rush jumped into that as well i think hi-fi <laughs> rush is definitely like one of those games where it exemplifies how important a strong vision is and direction yeah. when creating a game right like very very clearly they had a very strong idea of exactly what they wanted this game to look like to feel like and to play like and they nailed it it's a great yeah. game it's a ton of fun um the it it really just shows that like art direction is super meaningful to make an engaging game like you don't have to just have like the most realistic characters like having really really well thought out um, art direction makes a huge difference in a game and i don't know that i've ever played a game maybe this is going to be a little bit over this might be a little overwrought and overdone but I, very rarely have I played a game where all the elements of the game feel right. Like, right? Like, how you're moving through the world, the world that you're in, how everything is moving in the world. Like, it all just feels like this really cohesive vision for what this yep. thing is. Yeah. And that they're very intentional with what they're doing. Every placement of every item is on purpose. Like, the location, like the music, like everything is just super thoughtfully done. Um, and it, it's, you know, for a studio whose previous games were Ghostwire Tokyo and then um, uh, the Evil Within games, like, yeah, it's pretty impressive that this is the, the game that they came out with. So big props to them. Hi-Fi Rush is great. It's a ton of fun. Um, and yeah, if you aren't playing it, you should be playing it. And I yeah. know that rhythm is going to throw some people off. But as Josh talked about, like, it doesn't matter because you're going to hit on the rhythm, whether you hit it there or not. Game automatically does everything on rhythm. Yeah. You just get bonuses if you do it well. So, which is nice. And I think that's like the big thing that other games who have tried to do this haven't quite hit as well. So like they will still sometimes like give you the bonus if you hit the rhythm well, but they don't have you still do everything on the rhythm. So if you lose it, it's hard to get it back. Whereas this, if you like lose it for a second, just stop. All you have to do is just stop right and then you're like oh boom i can pick it up again and it's it's just and it's no problem at all so yeah hi-fi rush super easy recommend it's great um i think one of those games that i I feel like people are still definitely gonna be talking about at the end of the year oh yeah um i also got my uh dual sense edge controller uh so uh playstation's foray into a first party um elite if you want to controller um and you know if you go into our Discord, you'll, <laughs> anyone who ordered this is apparently an idiot. Um, but I think, as far as the quality, of, it's a great controller. It's a yeah. really, really good controller. Um, the build quality of it is honestly as good. At, like I have an Elite, the build quality is as good as the Elite is. Um, I the one thing I actually like better, I shouldn't say better about it, but the one thing I do enjoy about it is there's only one set of paddles on the back, like one on each side. The elite has two sets on each side, which is great. If that's what you do, 
I always take one of those out. Though. I only ever play with one one back paddle on each side. I never play with both. Um, so for for me, how I like to play it, it fits that already. And the nice thing about what they do is they give you both a paddle and a button um, for each side. So you can decide: do you want to go? Do you like the paddle fit better? Do you like the button fit better? Um, and they feel very different when you play them both. They really do. Um, do different things and feel like i would actually use them in different games in different ways um and they did some really smart things about creating they have these like function buttons like on the front of the controller now where if you hit if you hold like down the right one and then use the d-pad you can like adjust the audio in your headset like immediately so you can like turn it up turn it down turn adjust the fade for in-game versus chat and all that stuff um and then on the left function button and you hit the face buttons um you can switch the profiles for what the back buttons do so like it's really really nice it's like a really simple way to like adjust audio easily to adjust the profile easily without having you don't have to flip any buttons or like find you know it it just is a really kind of intuitive design to make that happen so i'm really happy with it like as far as an elite controller or that more advanced controller goes like it's really solid i know some people complain about the battery life i wish i had that as a problem my gaming sessions are never more than like two hours like ever (laughs) so for me it's not a huge deal but i can understand if you're someone who is a um big gamer how that would be potentially a problem for you what i will say though that they anticipated that and they they have a braided cable that's part of the package it's a nine foot braided cable josh oh wow nice yeah so like i can actually if i wanted to sit on my couch and play plugged in yeah so I think they anticipated that that was potentially going to be an issue. Now, uh, and there are some people, especially when you get into controllers like this, that the prefer that prefer to play plugged in anyway because of yeah. latency. So, oh, yeah. and it's actually kind of neat that they have a lock that you can like run the cable through so that it accidentally doesn't disconnect if you're playing that way, which oh, is nice. kind of neat. Yeah. So they thought a lot of things. Like I said, all jokes aside, like from the quality of controller build quality, it's a it's a great controller. Like I really really like it. It's definitely better than my, than my scuff that I have for my PS5. Yeah. Um. So I have that one now. So I guess theoretically, if I ever run out of battery, like I, I can switch to my scuff if I needed to. Uh, but it it is a really great controller, and yeah, like I said, it's expensive. It's two hundred bucks. So it, it's definitely not for everyone. But as someone who enjoys this type of controller, like I said, I have. elite for my xbox i have you know i had one for my ps4 and now i have this for my ps5 like i do enjoy it i i just i don't mind spending money on controllers so yeah it's great but again definitely not for everyone um okay so video game wise that's everything so let's move on then to board games and we'll kind of run through these eh, reasonably quick probably um so starting with i played a whole bunch of board games over break uh including new york zoo um, New York Zoo is a Uwe Rosenberg game that has you um, building animal enclosures and then, you know, introducing animals to your zoo and, and trying to make more of them. Um, so basically how the game works is every player has a player board. Um, and then on your turn in the center of the table, there's like this big, like there's this strip that is like the New York Zoo. And then all around it on both sides, you put a whole bunch of like polynomial tiles and then there's also animals that are there. So if you like land on the animal spaces, you take those animals and you put them into enclosures that you have in your zoo. And if you choose to instead land on a polynomial tile, you pick up the top tile and add it as an enclosure to your zoo. And that's really all you're doing. You move between one to three spaces. So it's really just deciding, am I going to you know, land and take some animals or am I going to land and take some polynomials to like build out my zoo enclosures? In addition to as you're moving, every once in a while you will pass a breeding spot. And if you pass the breeding spot for penguins, anyone who has at least two penguins in the same enclosure 
those penguins are going to breed. You're going to add a third. Um, the reason that that's important is once you completely fill an enclosure, you can clear the enclosure except for one of the animals, and then you can get like a special attraction that you add to your zoo. And really, the goal is just to fill up all the space on your board. Um, it's pretty great. It's a is a pretty light game. It's pretty easy to teach. Um, it is really nice that it kind of is pretty flexible. From it plays one to five players. Um, it played really well at two. It played really well at four and five. I think probably three or four would be the sweet spot for the game. Yeah. Um, but it's. It was really fun. I was surprised. Like, so if you're looking for a, you know, maybe more advanced family weight game. So maybe if you have kids who are, you know, getting a little bit older, eight, 10, something in that ballpark, and you're looking to kind of take that next step in a game that's a bit more complicated, but still is going to be approachable to them. I think New York Zoo is, is really an easy suggestion. Um, I, I don't know that this will ever be like the primary game we play on a night, but I think it could easily be like the start or end of night game for us just to kind of get us into things. Cause it's light enough that you don't have to, br- to burn your brain. Um, uh, but there's enough like interesting decisions to make that you don't feel like you're just kind of wasting your time. So yeah. I really enjoyed it. So that's New York zoo. Um, in addition, like I said, a lot of this was played, um, with family and things like that over the holidays, finally jumped into point salad. Uh, point salad is a game that if you want to talk about a light game who point salad is super super light <laughs> um it's really a card drafting game um and really all you're trying to do is um take cards that are different parts of a salad um and then after all the cards have been taken you score them and that's all and then whoever has the most points wins but what the interesting thing about this is you divide the deck into three piles and then each of those piles always has two cards face up that you can draw from and what makes the game interesting is the back of the deck. So the uh, the back of the deck. So what is face up in the pile are scoring cards. So it might be like, oh, you get like two points for each tomato you have, or for every combination of like potato, tomato and pepper, you get five points, or something like that. Um, and then the right below it then are two different um, vegetables. So on your turn, you either draft two vegetables um, from any of the three columns, or you draft one point card. But obviously, when you take vegetables, then that point card flips over because on the other side of it is a vegetable. So it's always like trying to think of like, okay, there's that point card that's up. I really want that point card. Is that point card possibly ever going to get to me? No, it's not. Like, and it's really trying to figure out like, when do I want to take points? When do I want to take vegetables? But also some of the point cards, you earn negative points for certain vegetables. So it's like trying to kind of balance that all out, take the cards that are going to be most interesting or most high scoring for you. The nice thing is, is like kind of once per turn, you can flip over point cards to vegetable, to the vegetable on the other side. So if you have one that would be really bad for you from a negative points perspective, you can turn it over um, at one point during the game, which is nice to kind of mitigate that. Cause sometimes, you know, you're like go all in on lettuce and then suddenly all the lettuce that were going to show up showed up in the first two rounds. And then as all just carrots and tomatoes from there, and you're like, no, my lettuce, you know? So uh, it's a fun game though. It's really, really lightweight um, plays. I think up to six players, I think, you know, plays really well at higher player counts. So if you are looking for a fun family game um, to that works with, I'm going to say kids as well. Um, I think point salad is a really easy recommendation. Um, so go ahead, check that out. Um, also finally played a game that I know Josh has played before seven wonders architects. Yeah. So, um, designed by Antoine Bauza, the, also the designer of seven wonders. Uh, basically this is just kind of a, I don't even know what I want to say like entry level, but I guess it kind of is like your, your first entry into seven wonders, basically. Um, each player gets a a different wonder that they're going to build. And I will say as far as 
packaging and stuff of this game it is incredible like every like wonder has its own little special box that you get that gives you all the rules for your wonder and all the pieces and cards that you need uh but basically you're putting your wonder out in front of you for you put it on the backside first because it's not built yet um and then you take your deck of cards and you put them to your left um and then the person next to you would put their deck of cards to their left so now you have a deck of cards to your left a deck of cards to your right and you have your wonder in the middle and then on your turn all you're doing is taking one card either from the deck to your left the deck to your right or the deck in the center of the table that's face down because the ones to your left and right are face up um and then your wonder might need like hey you need three unique resources to like flip this part over or you need three of the same resource to flip this part over and that's it you just go until someone builds their art uh, builds their um wonder once it's built game over out of the points whoever wins highest points wins um so again super light but i do think it's kind of neat having the variable player powers that all those wonders have um that you know, this one, if you build it, oh, it lets you, like, take an extra card for free or it lets you take, like, all, like, the top card from any area for free. Uh, this definitely plays best with more people to me. Um, yeah. You can play it with two. I don't really think it's great at two, uh, but playing it at four or five, I think it's pretty great uh, because it just gives you so much more flexibility. But if you are interested or you like Seven Wonders, um, this is just a different take on it, but I think it's a really great way to again get people who maybe aren't super into games um and you kind of want to have the opportunity to play some stuff and and make sure that they'll uh, feel confident in their ability to understand it seven wonders architects super super easy uh what was next micro macro crime city um (laughs) this might as well be called um where's waldo the board game basically (laughs) um so micro macro crime city what it is the game is it it comes with a huge map that is all black and white and the map is massive and it sits in the middle of your table and then you get these envelopes of cards and like the card will be they're each a case so it'll be like the case of the one of I'm trying to think of an, an early one but there was someone who had had um their top hat stolen right so you so the picture shows you first the person that you're looking for so then you're searching the map to find the person with the top hat that you're looking for you're like okay and then the next one might be like you know what did they do that day and you're like oh you like kind of follow them like across the city and like as you can find their figure in multiple places you're like oh they went and bought some ice cream oh cool they got ice cream yep that's awesome um but hey their hat went missing you're like where'd their hat go missing and you're like oh they didn't have it here anymore well how'd it go missing and then you had a backtrack and you're like oh look there's these kids sitting in a tree with a fishing pole so they must have taken his hat and then you see them like running with the hat like the other direction like so that's really all you're doing um it's kind of fun though like you're just sitting around like this huge map working together to try to figure out like what exactly happened and like it, it i don't know I, I it just works i don't know why it works but it does <laughs> i really enjoy it again it's super light game the only thing that's really challenging about it is everything on the map is very small so if you have people who have maybe some vision issues it's going to be really hard and there's only so many people you can have huddle around this map and looking right like sure i think the box says like one to four players but like you could have 40 people playing this. You just don't have enough space around the map, right? Like there's no reason it has to be only four people who play it. Yeah. Um, but if you like just the idea of trying to kind of figure out, you know, a who, some whodunits and you want to search some maps, go for it. I think it's a pretty fun game. It's pretty inexpensive. Um, we've really enjoyed it. So Micro Macro, Crime City, there's multiple expansions for it too, um, but it's pretty great. Okay, continuing on. Bandito. Bandito is this itsy bitsy card game. Um, it, the whole game is just a deck of cards. Um, and all you're doing in Bandito is the center of the board. The first card that's out is a bandit who's trying to escape jail by digging their way out. 
all you were trying to do is every time you put down a card, because on your turn, all you do is you put down a card. Um, what you're trying to do is the person's cell has five um, paths out of it. And when you place it on a card, it's going to extend those paths. Your goal is to get it so all the paths end in the dead end so that the bandit can't get out. That's all you're doing. So, but then like, obviously, like sometimes they'll put down a card and it'll be like, oh, it'll go straight for a while, but then it'll split two ways. And you're like, oh, shoot, now I actually just made us two things we have to take care of instead of one thing we had to take care of. Um, we have had games where we never were able to win. We played every single card in the game and we were never able to cl- close off all of like the routes. We have had games that we have won after seven, placing seven cards. Yeah. Like it, it really is like kind of both um, sides of like quickness and complexity. Like sometimes it's really, really quick. Sometimes you're like, we're just never going to make this happen. So it's a really light game. It's pretty fun. I think it's an easy game if you're looking for something to bring with you like on vacation, like I think it would work, but it does like, take up a pretty can take up a pretty ridiculous amount of table space so it's not one of those that maybe you're gonna want to bring a restaurant with you or something like that but if you are like on vacation and have time like where you're just sitting around having drinks with people um something that you could really easily play so that's bandito um and then finally as i am wrapping up all the games i've been playing goodness gracious there's so many of them uh it's a game called there's a game called project l um this is an abstract strategy game that really all you're trying to do is build uh, um or fill out um these tile uh gosh shapes so what you're basically doing on your turn is you start with little plastic pieces that are like the shape of like an l and like a like a little square and then you start with like these cards that have recessed um shapes in them and it's like how do you put together all the pieces you have to fill in the shapes um, and then once you have filled in all the shapes on your card, you clear the pieces off and then either get points and or an additional piece. So on your turn, you're just either taking more cards to fill in or you're potentially like moving your pieces from your kind of supply onto the cards that you have to try to fill them in. Um, there's like a uh, a stack of really more advanced cards. Once that stack runs out, you just add up your total points. Like I said, completing the puzzles gives you points. You add up your total points, highest points wins. Um, I had had never heard of this game until like early December, and I saw I think I think I saw the brothers Murph talking about it. And I was like, that looks sweet. Yeah. Uh, we had to import it from England because that was the only way to get it. Yeah. Um, but it's great. It's pretty cool. Um, I really have enjoyed our time with it. It's a really, especially if you like have played Tetris at all, like you're gonna feel right at home with it because it is a lot of like Tetris shape. All the pieces for the most part are Tetris shape, whether they be a line, the L, the square, like that's what most of them are. But then yeah, you're just trying to fill in these crazy shapes on these cards with the pieces you have, and it's a really good time. Um, I really enjoy it. If you can find it, I recommend it. Like I said, it's called Project L. Plays one to four players, pretty light overall, easy, easy, easy to learn, um, but a great time. So was that the game you were talking about that I had just added? Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a thing called the Ghost Expansion, which makes the game 10 times better. Oh. Uh, I guess there's a fifth player expansion as well. Uh, yeah, I just can't find it to buy it anywhere, at least at an affordable price. Uh, so it is on my list after... Uh, multiple people talked about it last on the cruise uh, and really made it sound very appealing. So yeah, I do yeah, want we, to get this game. We'd uh, project L ghost piece. Interesting. Yeah. We, uh, 
ordered it from Amazon, but it ended up coming from England. Like it got like so yeah. we ordered it from Amazon, and then all of a sudden, like we got a notification that's like, oh yeah, you're it's been delayed because it's shipping from England now. I was like, oh okay. <laughs> um, so it took us like three weeks to get it from the time we ordered it, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty neat game. I I really enjoy it. So, but that I think who is everything I have been playing. <laughs> now that we're you know well over an hour into the show look at yeah. us go josh we're crushing this let's you know talk about some topics let's talk let's talk about some things related to the board game world obviously josh i put a number of stories on here yeah feel free to jump in any stories in specific that kind of jumps out to to you something you would like to talk about well we can talk about this first story because i i have it and i've already played it on steam uh unmatched is getting a digital official digital version. It is in early access. It's been on early access for maybe six months or so on Steam. Um, and yeah, I have it. I've been playing it. I have it on my Steam Deck as well. And uh, this is a board game I've talked about a lot because I really enjoy it a lot. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean the 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 digital game doesn't have all the characters, but you know what it does have. Or it's going to have. It's going to have skins, oh. outfits for the characters, so you can actually kind of uh, digitize your look a little bit. That you can't do that in the board game, at least not for free. Uh, although I shouldn't say it's going to be for free. It might cost money. <laughs> uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, I did buy. I did. I bought this in early access because I, I really was just so curious how it was going to play um, digitally. I mean, it looks like, yeah, the official release is February 28th, um, but it is uh, available in early access if you have uh, that want to play that on Steam. Um, and they did announce there will be some DLC that comes out in March that will include Bigfoot. Um, and uh, what else? Sorry, I, I'm blank now. Uh, and Robin Hood. Uh it's funny because I just have all these characters, so I just feel it's weird that they're like right. DLC for a game now. Um, because it comes with the base set. I think it has uh, Medusa, King Arthur, Alice, and uh, it probably says here, but I'm just going off of memory. Who that? Uh, Sinbad, maybe? Who was the fourth character? Uh, it might be Sinbad. I don't recall. Um but yeah, it's 20 bucks now if you want to get it in early access. Uh, and then they will be selling a um, DLC as well. But I think it looks like it's just coming to Steam. Um, do you have any interest in playing this digitally? Because um, either you don't want to try to collect all these or if you don't think the partner would like this style of game. Yeah, I mean, I think that's where ultimately I think if I'm going to play this, Steam is likely where I'm going to play it because I don't think the partner really wants to play unmatched i've brought it up before and have gotten very little to no traction on that um so i do think that this is going to probably be the best way for me to ever play it but then i also think about how much time do i have in general to play games right now yeah. and how would i ever actually get this played um i mean heck you know marvel snap has the, ch- the ability to challenge people now and i have still challenged no one uh, oh yeah we gotta so, play against each other i know so so yeah so this is cool. Um, it definitely has piqued my interest as as far as playing Unmatched because I I do want to play the game. I'm very interested in it. 
Um, and this seems the best way to get it and, you know, be able to play it by myself and also um, not add more and more and more and more games to my collection. Because obviously, if I get the fir- just one of the games, I'm going to have to get all the other people, too. You know, that's just the way that goes. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I hear you. It does look like it's going to come. It's coming to PC, Mac, Android and Switch. Oh, well, there we go. So we'll see how much it is on the on Android. Maybe. Do you have an iPhone? I have an iPhone, yeah. Ugh. Well, it says Mac, not iPhone, so it's not iOS. So you can't <laughs> play it on your phone. But I can play it on my phone. Uh, so Congratulations. Yeah, we'll Thanks. I don't, I mean, well, actually, with the amount of game, like, it's much easier to play a game like this on my phone, too. Especially if a match isn't too long. I'll tell you what, though, those Marvel Snap matches, uh-huh. they're long. I was gonna say I don't totally like I read like the rules for how it works. I'm like, I don't know if I totally understand it. So they have I could have used this, I could have talked about this in our games that we're playing. So essentially when you're doing the this is just against friends, so you're not gaining anything. Um, but when you play against your friends, so so far I played against Nathan and Seth, both of PSVG. Yeah. And you kind of have this like um um bar like in a fighting game at Uh the top and it is represented by snaps so you have like i'm not sure what your health is maybe like 10 or 11 or something 12 and if you snap and they snap back you'll lose two if you lose Um, but if you don't snap you'll lose one point if you lose a match and then after round five it automatically ups it to two points per like kind of like gambling your health. Oh, so, so you were... can. We went to round seven, I think, on all the matches I played uh, against Seth and Nathan. Gotcha. Okay, so you are. This is what I didn't understand because so basically, instead of just doing one-off games against each other, you are playing a series. Basically, yes. a way to kind of manage a series of games. Yep, and it works okay. great. I think it it does it it helps you, um, like focus on that person's deck. You like. So now you have time to, like Seth kicked my butt up and down. Uh, I could not beat his destruction deck, but that's because I was playing uh, Thanos deck and I, all my cards uh, are Infinity Stones, which yep. are, you know. So Seth was just, you know, destroying them every game. Uh, but I, yeah, so it, it's kind of interesting because now I can build a beat Seth deck yes. and use it when I play against Seth which is cool. <laughs> uh, so I like that. I like it. It's fun. It's a little longer in the tooth than I expected, but yeah, only the only downside to that is because I wasn't planning on it being so long. It's fine. Uh, once you expect that, but right. I was like, Oh, I'm cooking pasta. I will play a match against Nathan while I'm boiling water. And then I was like, Oh, now I'm putting the pasta in. Oh, now I'm putting the sauce on. Oh, and I'm still <laughs> playing. <laughs> So it didn't necessarily pan out that way, <laughs> but it's still a lot of fun. So we should play sometime this week. No, we definitely should. We definitely should. So awesome. Anything else uh, about Unmatched? No, it's a great game. I, I should play it more. Gotcha. All right. Well, I'm going to go to a story I just added. Uh, and that was because it just happened oh, yeah. recently. Uh, and the sequel to a very popular game is finally on its way. Uh, that is Jamie Stegmeier and the folks at Stonemeyer Games are bringing out 
um, a new game called Expeditions, which is the sequel to Scythe. Uh, Scythe, one of those games that was uh, one of the... it was an early Kickstarter success story. Like it was one of the first games I think that really, really got big from Kickstarter um, and happens to be a great game as well. Uh, So finally, after many years and many people asking, uh, we are getting a new standalone sequel to Scythe called Expeditions, Uh, but it is a very, very different game. Um, It is like a card. I don't want to say drafting, but it is a, game that is very focused on card play and um kind of this really unique building of this world out in front of you uh it's pretty cool looking it's a little expensive potentially i don't know um but usually (laughs) um stone mario games usually gives you a good deal for what's in the box so but yeah so it's a an engine building game that just has you kind of um going on on these expeditions and, and trying to build the best, uh, most robust expedition that you can. Uh, Josh, I know, you know, Stonemeyer Games uh, overall is a company that we enjoy. We like most of their games. Uh, what are your thoughts on expeditions? Is this something you're interested in? Like, what are, what are you thinking? I watched a trailer with my wife uh, just to see if it grabbed her interest. I don't know that the trailer did a great job. It, you know, a little kind of like uh not great voice acting over yeah. like thing it was fine i'm more interested in it than scythe because it doesn't seem like it's just going to be as big of a game uh as far as like time to learn and time to play dedication to it uh, i like the look of it it does seem appealing to me but uh i appreciate that it's in the world of scythe right because that's that's such a huge game for them. Right. And it's going to bring in those people, but I just never got on. I have tried to play the digital game and have uh-huh. had no clue what I was doing. Uh, and yeah, I yeah. have the physical game and it's a game I really want to play. Yeah. Um, But I've just never played it proper. And uh, that's kind of keeping me from getting too excited about this game. But I feel like if I play it like side as much as you have or other people, it would probably be an instant buy for me. It's also expensive too, though. Yeah. So what is interesting is if you go to Stonemeyer's website and you click on the game, uh, it tells you how many copies have been pre-ordered. So for the Ironclad oh. edition, the hundred dollar version that has the metal mechs, uh, they've sold two thousand eight hundred forty copies. Wow. And for the expeditions, the kind of base box with plastic mechs, they've sold 1,183. So 4,000 games sold so far, which, you know, I I think when people would look at a Kickstarter would be like, ah, 4,000, that's not huge. But like, you know, the one thing I will say with Stonemaier is that uh, they have, since they got to the point of of being, you know, self-sufficient, they don't really ever go to Kickstarter for anything anymore. Like they just pre-order games and, the nice thing is, is that these will be here this summer, right? Like they yeah. are going into production, their production, the reason they're doing it pre-orders to know how many they need to make. Um, so right now, delivery dates are like July this summer. So that is kind of nice that there's not going to be a lot of waiting if you're interested. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get this. I want to. Um, I just have so many darn games. That is tough. And because I'm a sucker, I'd probably want to buy the $99 edition rather than the $69 edition. 
So we'll see. I have some time to pre-order still. Um, I'm interested. I do. The one thing that is nice about Stonewire as well is they tend to roll out like more information about the game throughout the month, throughout the month of February. Um, so I'll still be able to kind of make see some more before I make any final decisions. But uh, I'm definitely interested. Like I said, I really like Scythe, so I'm always interested, and I like engine building games. So anytime I get to do that, I'm, I'm gonna be pretty stoked. So, all right. Anything else you want to say about that, Josh, or any other topics you want to jump to in the in the board game world? Well, no, I don't have anything to say about that. Um, I did want a quick, just a quick shout out to um travis hancock at facade games because uh for anyone familiar with the like tortuga and salem board games they're like the little book spined book games they do have a new game out currently on kickstarter uh called hollywood 1947 which is a movie making game of strategy and deception i'm backing it because uh i love movies and it seems really cool but i know like this has um, between my friends and and uh, our listeners has a pretty good following for um, these particular games. Yeah, for sure, uh, for sure. So check that out. There's 10 days left to go on that Kickstarter and they crushed their goal. Uh, but I have to talk about this because it, I wouldn't be me if I didn't talk about Villainous. Yeah. Uh, we got our, we, we not too long ago, maybe a week or two ago, we got the announcement and it's already showing up at some reviewers houses um, for the next Marvel villainous expansion. Uh, I did get Vi- Venom Marvel villainous expansion for Christmas, uh, which I haven't been able to play yet, but that was, was their standalone. Okay. Um, that was their standalone uh, edition, which was weird. I'll give them that. Uh, but you know, it is what it is. I'm not going to give them too much criticism. I'm going to charge a little bit too much for it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So our next Marvel Villainous uh, ties into probably uh, some very important uh, Marvel past and present storylines. If you're into the MCU, Uh, we're adding three new villains. We're adding Dr. Octopus, Titania and Kang the Conqueror. So, you got Doc Ock from the past, the newest Spider-Man. You have Titania from the She-Hulk series. And you have Kang the Conqueror, who is uh, essentially going to be in every Marvel show and movie slated for the next two years. Uh, so prepare yourself for Kang the Conqueror. Uh, he's the <laughs> new Thanos. Uh, I don't know that there's too much more that we have to talk about for this expansion. Uh, but it does add three new ways to win, uh, with Dr. Octopus having to defeat Spider-Man, et cetera. Uh, they, they all have different, you know, win conditions, which is always the most interesting part of Villainous, uh, is how you're, you're tasked to defeat the heroes, which I always appreciate. So I think it's great. Um, yeah, and it looks like it came out two days ago for us, February 3rd. Well, oh, actually nice. that's when you could pre-order it. So maybe it's not February 3rd. Maybe I should read the stories I, I talk about. <laughs> um, so Josh, but you can pre-order it by, as of two days ago, you see like the pretty regularly get these expansions when they come out. 
Have you played like? Uh, do you think about like whether you're actually going to play them, or is it just kind of like automatic that you pick them up? It's both. It's collecting and wanting to play, right? Want oh, the want has to be there, right? I'm not. Um, there's plenty of games with expansions that I would like to have to complete the game, but the want isn't always there. In fact, there's a lot of games that I don't even want the expansions for because I just think the game is good without them. Uh, and it gets more complicated with expansions. Like I was just looking at my Everdell box and I was like, that, that I got from Kickstarter, the giant, giant box that puts everything. And it also came with two new expansions. And I'm like, do I need these? Or did I just get them to have them? Right. And I think sometimes that happens too. Like I, I think Everdell is complicated enough <laughs> on its own. Do I have yeah. to have... Two new expansions plus the one, two, three I already have next to me. Do I need five expansions to play Everdell? Two players? <laughs> no. Right. This isn't yeah. Like, you know, and now I'm going to put them all together, which is breaking the rule that I have said after Ascension where I want to keep the expansions separate. <laughs> I'm right. like, oh, I bought this box to put them all together. Um, with Villainous, like, uh, it is funny because I w- I haven't played the last Marvel Villainous expansion, but only because the Star Wars Villainous came out, and I was like, "Well, we're gonna play Villainous tonight. It's gonna be the one we just got." So I played Star Wars Villainous instead of the Marvel Villainous expansion. Right. Okay. Right. So like, yeah. it is a collecting problem as well, and we're probably gonna talk about collecting problems in a minute. If you don't, I will. Oh uh, yeah, we're going to. <laughs> So that's going to be another problem I have. That's going to be an expensive problem I have, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So uh, we talked about it too. Like there, this is going to be the year of uh, probably almost no Kickstarters, unless something like really, really gets me interested. And it's going to be about playing the games that I haven't played. And getting rid of the games that don't uh, beg for a second play, if that makes sense. Would. Uh, but Villainous will always hold that because it's teachable. Uh-huh. There's so many characters that it plays different every time. And it's uh, uh, it, it hits a wide scope of players. Like the, the interests align to more general gaming if any of what i just said makes sense to you it didn't come out the way i would like to say it but as a broader reach to people like hey want to play a board game uh maybe how about disney oh yeah okay yeah or how about marvel yeah okay cool or star wars like those are like the, the games that are more like do i get rid of all my star wars destiny cards this year maybe Probably not. <laughs> right. Uh, speaking of uh, games, Josh, that you haven't gotten into that you uh-huh. could get into. You. <laughs> what? Hmm. I just had that conversation on the boat uh, so many times about have you pl- have you played this game? Uh, I have it. <laughs> I have it, but we have never played it. And they're like, "Really? You have Foundations of Rome and you haven't played it?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> and I'm friends with Emerson Matsuchi. <laughs> You know, no big deal. No big deal. 
Uh, how about the? Wow, I don't know why my voice is cracked there. Um, Puberty any, happens. Any interest in joining, jumping in on this Marvel United multiverses or multiverse? Oh, <laughs> uh, there was a brief moment of interest, and then I saw you could get Marvel United for nine dollars on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, base game so i was like oh i'll just wait and get the base version of it to add to my collection <laughs> yeah um it's funny because i'm like i'm reading like all the stretch glows included and like looking at the here i'm like i don't know who any of these people are oh i probably know who all of them are because <laughs> like okay because all the stretch goals included the heroes corsair black knight Cho- chod Cho. black knight is uh cat harrington from the end of eternals gotcha uh, Kit Songbird, Harrington. not Cat Harrington. Uh, yeah, Songbird. <laughs> yeah, Songbird's Hep- great. Hepzibah, Cyborg, Spider Man, uh-huh. Patriot. Well, I know who that remember, is. this is multiverse, so they're not they're not current. Like uh, they're like versions of the characters you you know. Oh, so who's Hepzibah? Who's that I a version of? I would have to look at who these people. <laughs> they have are. like cat looking ears, maybe, and a tail, or a fox ears and a tail. Uh, Raza. M cipher chamber M is a big one. Speed Aurora Husk Lilandra <laughs> Elsa Bloodstone Wicked Yeah, Bloodstone. She was in well her mother was in Werewolf by Night. Okay. On Disney Plus. So I mean, I know a few of them because like Deathlock is on here and Wong is in here and Megan. I do think here. that this is odd for them to be putting on Kickstarter because I agree with you. A lot of people won't know who these people are or maybe even have an interest in them. Like they put the big ones on the cover, right? Ironheart, Loki, Variant, and um, uh, what is, what's uh, Agent Carter, Captain America, Captain Carter, sorry. Like, they know who they're going for with that, but I agree with you. Like, people aren't going to know. Like, Wrecker, Piledriver, Thunderball, Bulldozer, they were all in She-Hulk. Yeah, they I, like, I don't know who any of They weren't in their superhero forms. They were just, like, thugs who got um, um, uh, that stuff. That stuff that people were looking for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Iron Lad, people aren't going to know who that is. Yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of... of uh, and it's not Chod, it's Chode. Chode, okay. <laughs> and, I was just checking. <laughs> he is he's from like... Uh, he's in the animated X-Men show that everyone watched in the 90s. Oh, I well, I didn't watch it, so I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. Well, I mean, it also has raised $2.8 million, so obviously nobody cares, so... Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, what I was actually going to talk about, though, Josh, is Lorcana is coming. So you may have recognized or remember last year we talked about the new Disney um, collectible card game called Lorcana. Well, now we know when the game is actually going to come out. Um, so, and that is August. Uh, local game stores in the U.S. will be able to sell boosters, um, starter decks, and other products on August 18th. Um, and then it'll be available at mass retail on September 1st. Um, but if you are going to Gen Con 2023, you will actually be the first to be able to purchase cards, which would be just like a week before that August 18th date. Uh, so, Josh, you know, um, this, you know, the Disney trading card game, uh, we've seen a f- quite a few cards for it. We've seen cards that were that people got early going up on eBay and things like that and already selling for pretty sizable um, amounts of money. Uh, what are your thoughts? Are you going to go all in on Lorcana? Where, where, what are you thinking about? 
It's got, uh, 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 yes, but I'm kind of bummed because I started noticing recently that my local shop that I love, I really do. I love them to death, but they like, they have been charging so much more for like Pokemon boosters. Oh, it really bums me out to see that they're consistently doing it for now easily accessible boosters. Yeah. Knowing that kids are going with their parents and they're spending that extra money. So I have like no faith in them to not overcharge for these, which is kind of a bummer because I really wish I could just go and pre-order a box of boosters and get some of these really nice collector sets that they're putting out. Because I know my wife will play this. I know we can teach my son this at some point once he's ready to learn. But like this is exciting because it hits the Disney household, right? It hits the Disney family yeah. in such in such a way that worst case, uh, we don't like it. We can it's not something we're gonna be stuck with. Like this is an investment that I know that I'm not that I can at least get my return back. At least at the beginning. Um, but I, I think it looks incredible. The art is so good. Um it really gives me like it gets me excited to get it's like getting back into magic, right? It feels like yeah. getting back into which is what I was trying to capture with Star Wars Destiny. Um but I feel like it's too neat niche 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 for my wife <laughs> to get into. Yeah. Um, that it's just been a hard sell to get her to try it. I think when she plays it, she'd like it. But this will be a lot easier, I think, to to do that with. So I'm excited because like Keyforge, no. I got my Keyforge Simon, right? My yeah. buddy Greg and I, we played for like a year. It was awesome. We had great Keyforge nights. Um, I think it was before my no, not it was after my kid. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm excited to to gear up because I was looking at some of the sets. And some of the um, the boxes they're going to be selling them in, and these yeah. cool um, designs, and just it's also very collectible. So I like that aspect too. Even if we don't play it, we can put them in some card binders and and collect them. Yeah, absolutely, awesome. Uh, anything else about board games, Josh? Or do you want to move on to the world of video games? We might as well. It's it's yeah, we're we're going to be here for hours. <laughs> well. <laughs> Not too much in the video game world, because let's be honest, 2023 in January for video games was, while some good games came out, uh, from a news perspective, it was not very great. So, That's true. Um, I only have a few stories here. I don't even know if you really want to hit on any of them, but is there something in the video game news that you would like to discuss? Yeah, let's talk about Justin Roiland. Um, and the only reason why I want to talk about it is because when this news came out, I was actually going back to try High on Life. Um, uh-huh. Because I had finished Midnight Suns, at least uh, the main story. And um, I kind of only really want to talk about it because of what game is coming out soon. Uh, oh, yeah. So we have Harry Potter coming out. Um, actually, we have Hogwarts Legacy coming out, not Harry Potter. Um, for us, sooner than some, but it's coming out in a week for most. And. Uh, I kind of feel like this This kind of happens. It's definitely different. I'm not trying to compare the two of them, but I kind of just want to talk about how this uh, is for gamers and 
um, I don't know, kind of like pushing things onto people, making decisions for people. I had a conversation with my dad about Zachary Levi the other day because of uh-huh. uh, what he's doing right now, yeah. Uh, yeah. which is really just sad for, for fans of Zachary Levi, <laughs> I think. Um, or what, whatever. Uh, smart fans of Zachary Levi. Uh, shots fired to you dum-dums who still like him. Uh, <laughs> but I think the my biggest question well, it, it comes back is like, hey, do I stop playing High on Life now? Right? Like, I didn't buy it. It's on Game Pass, right? But it's still, uh, if people are streaming it, it's good for the game. Uh, if people are talking about it, it's good for the game. Do I come into a point where I'm like, oh, this awesome thing happened in High on Life. I got to tell someone to play it. Or do I come into this thing where something happens on High on Life and I think it informs me on something he wrote that he might have done in his real life that is bad. Like I worry about just the context of the whole situation and just like the JK Rowling thing, uh, like where do we draw that line in the sand or do we even have to draw that line in the sand? I don't know that there's a right answer for it, but do you think we'll say Justin Roiland exclusively, like does this make you not want to play high on life, whether you've played it or not? Uh, or does it, does it say like it doesn't, you don't waver on your interest or it definitely makes you not want to play it. Like what, what does this do? Um, we can, we don't need to talk, talk about what he did. We can just say he did a bad thing to not yeah. give it any more press. Not that anyone's listening. <laughs> um, so High on Life is a game that I was like interested in playing, but clearly haven't gotten around to playing yet. And does this mean that I'll never play it? No. But does this mean that I'm going to uh, maybe drag my feet more than I probably would have before? Yeah. Like, I... There's so many other things to play that I I would never like and this is where and this would apply obviously to Hogwarts Legacy too. Like I'm not gonna say you should not play the thing because of who whose name is behind it, because they're not the only person whose name is behind it, right? Right. And because if obviously if you look at the credits of games, lots and lots of people make it. Now, I understand that um by purchasing or playing or talking about games some might take that as validation for what the people did um or have said or do um that just simply isn't true i i I don't agree with what justin roiland did and did he or did he not obviously we still have court to go through uh but the fact that he is going to court about it means that there probably is at least something there right like yeah doesn't mean he did it necessarily but Probably, you know, a lot of those cases don't end up going to court. Um, but like, also, I've just come to the real—I shouldn't come to say, come to the realization. But like, <laughs> Justin Roiland, J.K. Rowling, whether I play their games or not, is going to have zero impact on their life. Right? None. It doesn't matter. J.K. Rowling is so super, super, super rich that it 
it doesn't matter how much or how little money she makes from this video game. It, it literally is not going to matter. Yeah. Because I can't fathom how rich she is, right? Like, it is not going to allow her to suddenly do something she wasn't going to be able to do anyway because she's so rich. So, I don't know. I, <sighs> yeah, it's a tough one. And I <laughs> yeah. do think it is a tough one because I don't. And it is something I wrestled with a lot about what to do and whether, you know, this game or Hogwarts Legacy or any game like that is something that I want to support or don't want to support or what the impact that is that has. And like, what does it say about me as a person? And like, you know, does it, is it one of those things that I'm like, oh, I support trans people except when I want to play a video game, you know, like, you know, but like, I just, because in these situations, specifically in these situations me playing or not playing the game is going to have zero impact on their ability to be good people or horrible people they're going yeah. to be good people or horrible people whether or not i play these games yeah you gotta hope um, that the world sorts them out that's not our job to sort them out right so yeah i don't know like justin roiland yeah i mean i like i said i haven't played high on life i am now not suddenly going to run to play high on life but i'm also right. not going to that completely would be weird. kick it off <laughs> yeah i'm not going to completely kick it off my list either uh, but i have plenty of other things that i want to play instead obviously the hogwarts legacy stuff you know i jk rowling obviously has some uh views of, tra- of trans folks that i don't agree with yeah. um, and i think she is wrong about and i do um I have committed and I have like not only spent money to purchase Hogwarts legacy, but spent money in other places um, to not offset, but to um, ensure that I am to put my, well, not even, (laughs) not even to feel better about it. Cause I think that's like the easy thing to say, right? It's easy to be like, well, you just did it to make yourself feel better about it. Had nothing to make me feel better about it. It was everything to say like, am I willing to put my money where my mouth is, right? Like, yeah, yeah. am I willing to, if I say that I'm willing to support my trans friends, do I actually do active things to do that? You know? So, so that's like the big thing with it. So whether, you know, if you're a listener and you want to play something fine, if you don't fine, like I, I don't, I think everyone can, can make that, that calculation and do that calculus for themselves. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at. I know it's not a one to one. Are you going to run to play high on life now? <laughs> I bet I was playing it when it happened. Oh. Uh, I don't know that it, it's not a one to one thing. Um, so I'm not trying to make that comparison, but I want to yeah. try to compare this to, to something that does happen actively. Uh, when someone like a CEO company does something wrong or something to a degree where someone steps down in alternate, like, businesses that's okay for people right they're like okay so let's say fill in the blank did this and he's the ceo of ford right people don't stop buying ford cars they that guy i mean you if you look at ford stock nobody's buying ford cars but uh (laughs) like that person does something wrong they're removed now who's are people doing the extra work to see if they're still getting money from maybe a patent or if they're on the board, I don't right. know, but it doesn't seem to be the co- same conversation that happens in gaming because now you're vilifying the consumer instead of the person. And now I think that's what's kind of happened recently 
maybe not with Justin Roiland, but at least with the the Hogwarts Legacy stuff, is it's turned into vilifying the consumers. And maybe that's because gaming culture is toxic in general. It is. Um, but I don't I don't know that we see people people are still buying Teslas and they also actively do not like Elon Musk. And right. the way that they rationalize that is Oh well, they're good cars, and I can. I don't. I'm not supporting Elon Musk. I'm like, well, you are. Just because he's not the CEO doesn't mean he's not making money off of uh, what you're buying. Just like, just because J.K. Rowling um, is getting money from Harry Potter doesn't mean she wrote the story for Hogwarts Legacy. So it's it's a little bit of a push and pull. Like I don't understand why. Uh, I, I just wish we could do that with gaming right we're like okay we get it we know these people are bad we don't support these people and we can i think our job right our job that is not a job is when we do talk about us playing hogwarts legacy is that we just remind people like we're playing this we don't support jk rowling's views and that's going to stay that way yeah for as long as we talk about it and if we have to remind people every time we talk about it i think that's like the least we can do. I don't think it's too bad, but um, this, I think with the Justin Rowland thing, um, I think kind of like you, I, I, I'm i not like clamoring to go back to play it. I did enjoy what I was playing, uh, but it, this certainly doesn't make me want to go back sooner. Uh, yeah. You know, if anything, I'm just, if there's like, I could play high on life or include in, in, whatever that game is why did i choose the hardest one to say <laughs> as the example and cool and cool Minati or whatever it's called like i would choose that um but i i also think that people are quick to forget how many other people work on projects right um and it kind of stinks because you want to make your voice heard by saying you don't support this fill in the blank person but it comes at the cost of all these other people it should i think it should be the other way around i'm supporting these people um and to to heck with this other person yeah well and you know and i don't want to oversimplify the the matter um but you know there is also the argument is there is there anything is does ethical consumerism under capitalism exist right like, uh, yeah I don't if think you go works. back far enough in almost <laughs> anything right like um and, and i'm not saying that to try to minimize what for people who are choosing not to you know either play high on life now or to get hogwarts like i say i'm not saying that to minimize that but what i am saying is that um other people might have different views on different other things on other things that, that you are participating in that they would say is you shouldn't be as well right like I, yeah we all have things that are important to us often dictated by the people that they impact that we care about and are close to us. And I absolutely support people's rights to, to champion those causes. Um, but they're in this trash fire of a world we live in right now. Um, most yeah. things are probably not super ethical when it comes to what we're consuming in some well, way, shape or form. So. Yeah. I think that the point is, I, I was thinking about that too, like the people that are out there shaming people about like the Harry Potter thing, it just kind of makes me want to be say like, just think of one thing that you like. Give me a list of well, give me a list of five things that you love in your life. And unfortunately, someone could probably find something terrible that is associated 
with one of those things, especially oh, yeah. like who, what car do you drive? Guess what? They, they are racist. They are sexist. They, whatever, like you can find things. It just thinks that that's the case. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so as you can probably guess, listener, next month we'll be talking about Hogwarts Legacy or later yes. this month we'll be talking about Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> this month. So. Uh, really briefly, Josh, Xbox did do a developer direct. Uh, yeah. So they said, Nintendo, you're not the only people who can do things called directs. We can do them too. Uh, but ours are a director underscore directs. So we're, we're cool. We're cool. It's different. Um, they talked about five things. They talked about Elder Scrolls Online. They talked about Hi-Fi Rush, Forza Motorsport, Minecraft Legends, and Redfall. Any of those jump out to you, Josh? Obviously, we talked about Hi-Fi Rush already. Of those other things, anything jump out to you? What are your thoughts on Redfall? Tell me what your thoughts on that Xbox Direct were. I think it was fine. It was not anything to write home about. I mean, if it was no Hi-Fi Rush, we wouldn't be talking about it, I don't think. Uh, Forza looks great, as it always does. I don't know that we got too much info, you know, and or, and or gameplay. So uh, I'll try it because it's on Game Pass, but it is more simulation. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's not my cup of tea, but it looks incredible. I'm still really curious about what the heck Redfall is going to be <laughs> and how it's going to play. Um, but I'm I'm excited to uh, just try it. <laughs> but I don't like. Yeah, I mean. I, I don't know, like. I don't know that any arcane game has really been incredible to me so i don't know that this is gonna do it yeah i think so i know a lot of people got really excited about redfall after watching that trailer or that presentation yeah and maybe it's just being arcane i'm not a huge arcane fan i i respect what they do but their games have just never really sunk their teeth into me i i didn't think the game looked very good like visually <laughs> yeah but i and i say that very like very I, with lack of confidence because i saw a lot of social media about how awesome the game like looked like graphically looked and i was like really do we think it looked that good because i didn't think it looked that good it just looks like left for dead to be honest to, just, to, to definitely minimize it <laughs> yeah so i hope it's great i hope it's really good obviously like you said since it's gonna be on game pass i'll give it a shot um i though am a little underwhelmed i will say by redfall sure. so far but maybe that's setting it up to be successful right if my expectations are low maybe maybe it'll be great maybe uh yeah anything else video game news you want to talk about josh no i mean we don't i don't know that we need to talk about ubisoft because you know ubisoft <laughs> okay here's gonna be my one final question for maybe you soft <laughs> um so obviously obviously like i said this all happened a few weeks ago but obviously you know we heard that you know microsoft's laying off ten thousand workers no big deal which is not unique to microsoft and especially in tech everywhere like tech layoffs are happening in anticipation of uh, a recession not even that they're not making money still they're just anticipating not making as much money yeah so they're laying people off okay but anyway that's <laughs> fine so microsoft as a company is laying off ten thousand people now Obviously, some of those, we know that some of those um, layoffs hit Xbox-related companies. Specifically, we know that um, both Bethesda um, and 343 were hit, right? Yeah. So, Josh, what does it say to you that one assumes, right, that Microsoft came to Phil Spencer or someone in Xbox 
was like, hey, you have to cut X number of heads from your division. Where are you going to choose to have the layoffs come from? And they picked Bethesda and they picked 343. Yeah. What does that what does that say to you? Uh, I mean, uh, the Bethesda thing, I don't know that I necessarily get because they haven't had a lot of time owning Bethesda to right. you. I guess probably corporate wise, they've had a lot of time, but you know, they spend a lot of money on Bethesda. So they're like, I'm, sh- I'm assuming that's part of the investment process where they're like, Oh, we have all these people and we don't know what they're capable of yet. Perhaps even though, what did they just put out? That was like beloved. That came about talking to people. <laughs> oh, a uh, pentiment. Yeah. Uh, which is like critically like rave reviews. So why would you let people go from that studio? I wouldn't three, four, three, I get like three, four, three has just been a colossal failure for Microsoft since three, four, three has existed. Um, but so I, I don't, and I don't understand why they're reinvesting in them, uh, in a different way, but I, I don't know. I mean, that part makes sense to me. But like three four three does Halo, Josh. Isn't Halo like the? And I we could argue, but isn't Halo supposed to be the Xbox property? It's supposed to be. <laughs> it Cause isn't because like, what I equate this with in my mind, right, is if Sony was doing layoffs, yeah, and they go to Jim Ryan and they're like, "Hey, Mr. Jim Ryan, you need to he wouldn't know lay off X number of people," and then he went and laid them all off just from Naughty Dog. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like, that's crazy. what that feels like to me, is what yeah, they did. Yeah, I don't know that you can compare Naughty Dog to 343. I think that's an unfair comparison. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying, there's, there's the studio who's supposed to be, like, in charge of, like, the preeminent IP for the for the organization, right? I know like, what you're saying, but it's not... <laughs> you can't compare them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> you're just denying, You're just like, false on the face. We're moving on. Okay. That's, I, I mean, I, I don't see any way around that. You, you, who, who could you compare Naughty Dog to? You can't even compare Naughty Dog to... Uh, <laughs> I don't know who you could compare them to. <laughs> uh they're just they're an elite studio who doesn't miss and yes yeah. and 343 does one game and miss yeah <laughs> like really maybe the Halo coalition this. maybe the coalition you could compare naughty dog to but i still don't think that's a, like a great comparison yeah i do i really liked halo infinite when i played it obviously for like the month that i played it like it was a yeah, lot of fun it's fine but it's not what it needs to be yeah and i do think as time goes on that halo it does seem like halo is becoming less important um i think personally for me gears is more important i think yeah. for the, you know xbox as a whole i think probably forza is more important or getting to the more oh important yeah absolutely level. Um, i think especially if starfield hits then you're going to see bethesda you know be raised up even more probably in, in prominence as far as that goes so but don't don't be surprised if if fable comes out and it's not great don't be surprised if they lay people off at playground like I think that if that's what they had to do, they would. But I think that even Playground is more uh, a better comparison to Naughty Dog than than three four three is. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it is. Okay, so we had a whole bunch of other things we were going to do, and we're already almost two hours. We're, so we're going yeah, to skip. Yeah, we're going to skip most of these, but we are going to do one fun game here. Okay. Um, before we do some listener questions, which I think we have some listener questions. So, Josh, we do. We're going to do a video game pick 'em. Yeah. So like our, basically, what like I'm going to do? League? What's that? <laughs> Like our like our fantasy league, kind of, but not really. 
Same similar vein though. So what I have here, Josh, is a list of games. Yeah. Um, and they're paired. For the most part, they're pairs. Interesting. Um, so what I'm going to do is ask you which game I'm gonna give you the two games or yeah. two game and then you have to tell me which one's gonna get the higher open critic score. Oh boy. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is like the precursor to Metaspring. Yeah, kind of, yeah. All right, Josh. First pairing here, and I'll tell you what my thoughts are too. But first one, Redfall or Starfield? Oh, Starfield. No, no question. <laughs> okay, you're confident. Even if it's bad, they're... Starfield's gonna be re- reviewed better. <laughs> but like Arcade's games typically review very well. Yeah, yeah, but here's the thing, and I don't like this about it. Starfall is going to get reviewed because of nepotism isn't the right word, <laughs> but <Okay>. it's close. <laughs> It's close to the word I want to use. Okay, so you are confident that Starfield will review higher. It's going to get the Nintendo bump. That's what I'll say. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. All right, so I am going to agree with you. I do think that it is is going to be higher. Um, But I think that Redfall is going to do well. Because like I said, Arcane's games tend to do very well with critics. Um, Sure. And I think... Their problem has never been a critical reception. Their problem has always been, um, you know, How that game getting, getting a big audience to play <laughs> them. Right. So. All right. So we both are picking Starfield there. But like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Redfall. OK, for this next one, Josh, we already know one of the scores, which works out just fine. So the question is Resident Evil 4 remake or Dead Space remake. Now, Dead Ooh. Space, Dead Space is at a 90. On yeah. Critic right now. So will Red will Resident Evil Four be above or below a ninety, Josh? That's a great question. I think that that's a that's a coin flip. I think uh, I will say, ooh, what game do I even think is a better game? I don't know that I even know which game I think is a better game because I love them both and I have I have fond memories of both. Uh, I think. Resident Evil 4 remake will score higher. Okay, so if it helps, Resident Evil 2 remake is at 92. Yeah, but Resident Evil 4 is like a 10 times better game than Resident Evil 2. Wow, 10 times? I mean, I'm exaggerating, but... Now, Resident Evil 3 (laughs) remake, Josh, is at a 79. Yeah, not as good of a game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're going above. You're going above a 90. I think it, yeah, I think it will be. Yeah, when I wrote this one, I was a little nervous because I was like, man, that Dead Space remake, I was thought I thought it was going to be like upper 80s, but then when it hit 90, I was like, ooh, that makes it a little more challenging because yeah. getting above 90 is tough. But I do think um, early impressions of Resident Evil 4 remake and the things they're doing to change the game seem to be really positive to people. Um, game Informer just did is doing, that's their cover story this month is Resident Evil 4 oh, remake, nice. and it looks really good. Um, so though Dead Space remake scored amazingly, I agree. I do think Resident Evil 4 remake is going to score higher, but just barely higher. All right, next to a game we just talked about. And there's kind of like themes for all these pairings. So we'll see sure. if we kind of... Um, so for the next one then, Hogwarts Legacy or Star Wars Jedi Survivor? <laughs> uh, based off what I'm hearing about Star Wars Legacy, I think it has... I mean, uh, sorry, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I think it's going to be Hogwarts Legacy. I think Jedi Survivor... It's not so far separated from the last one that the comp that the that the game isn't going to control too much different. And man, as much as I love 
Jedi Outcast. There's some there's some control issues, and I feel like those would probably be persistent in this new one too. Well, since they just delayed that game a little bit for polish, and the polish. La- the first what's that polish though. They're polish, not going to yeah. rehaul the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, polish. But Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order got an 82. Oh yeah, what did I call it? I meant Fallen Order. <laughs> yeah, I th- I can't remember, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, so <laughs> so Fallen Order got an 82. And I'm trying to think. I think Survivor is going to have enough polish on it to be higher than that. Sure, like 80. And I'm really wondering if Hogwarts Legacy is going to be above like an 85. And I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to be oh. fun. But I think it's going to be in the low 80s. Okay. Um, because I think it is going to have some problems, which you'll see in like, you know, in that had like Fallen Order had some problems, right? Because yeah. first time, first game, like even though it's been a long time in development, I think it's going to have some issues. So I'm going to pick Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Which oh, is nice. Higher okay. than Hogwarts Legacy. Okay. So then, Josh, a nice fun one. Horizon Call of the Mountain. Yeah. <laughs> or Horizon Burning Shores DLC. Burning Shores, hands down. No question. Okay. It's a Just VR you game. Think the, you, there's can, not going to be enough reviews. There's going to be people who hate it because it's not good for them. Like VR experience isn't good for reviewers. It's going to be like VR, while it could be great, it's just going to be different in each person's uh, perspective. Okay. I... Hmm. Just to be different, I'm going to pick Call of the Mountain. But don't, I think it don't is going do that to, be, to yourself. <laughs> don't do that. Well, I'm not going to. I mean, I'm. I didn't pre-order a VR, so you know. Right. But you know, PlayStation really needs to show that they're committed to VR. And if this isn't a super high-scoring game, uh, then I think they have problems in their hands in general. So, as a result, yeah. I'm going to say Horizon Call of the Mountain is going <laughs> to ascend the open critic scoring. And while Horizon Burning Shores, I think will score well. Yeah. I think it's going to be more Horizon. Um, so it's not I'm like sc- Horizon Call of the Mountain, right? Not more Horizon. <laughs> Which is not. It's going to be something different, right? <laughs> yeah. Different protagonist. So so Josh is picking Burning Shores. I'm picking Horizon Call of the Mountain. Okay, Josh. A few more to go here. Assassin's Creed Mirage. Yeah. Or Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Oh, man. <laughs> you did a good job at putting this pairings? list together because thanks i tried really hard boy both of those games could be terrible <laughs> <laughs> uh, if i'm basing uh my suicide squad guess off of the last screenshot i saw of that game yeah. uh which makes it look like anthem <laughs> meets meets uh, uh avengers uh i'm gonna have to oh. <laughs> uh I'm still going to go with Suicide Squad. <laughs> oh, still going with Suicide Squad, eh? Yeah. I don't feel good I, about it, though. <laughs> I have a really hard time um, voting for anything Ubisoft. Like, I probably am going to love Assassin's Creed Mirage, but their sure. games don't universally score that well, like on Open Critic. Right, More like work. I love Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. I love Valhalla, but like I don't. I think it's probably like a low eighties would be my guess. Um, and I have faith that Rocksteady, even with that screenshot and all the stuff people are talking about, that doesn't necessarily mean the game isn't good. Right, like there might be parts like aspects of the game that we don't love, but that doesn't yeah. mean the game itself isn't going to be good. They've been working on this game forever. Uh-huh. I gotta imagine that Suicide Squad: Kill the Justice League is going to score higher than Assassin's Creed Mirage. Okay. Uh, next pairing, Stalker 2 
or Atomic Heart? Oh man, Atomic Heart is such a weird game. I don't know right? what it's gonna be. <laughs> Stargate Two is not a game for me. I do know this, right? It's like uh, X. It's like Metro meets like PUBG. It's like a survival shooter. Uh, but I know it's like beloved. Uh, and Atomic Heart is the first of its kind, but also is super bizarre. And I'm very unclear about what the gameplay is going to actually be like. Uh, but I'll go with Atomic Heart because I know more people are going to get their hands on it because of Game Pass. Ooh, it's good. Uh, um, yeah, we'll see. I have no idea which one's going to score better between these two. Um, but I I will pick Stalker 2. Um, For the just sake of picking you, against. <laughs> just because you picked Atomic Heart, so yeah. I'm going to pick Stalker 2. Okay. This next one I think is pretty easy or pretty interesting. Forza Moser Sport versus the entire field of other racing games this year. So like the Crew 3 or whatever Yeah, it like is. versus every other racing <laughs> game. Will, st- will Forza Motorsport score higher than every other racing game? Yeah, or are you going to take the field? No, it'll score higher than every other racing game. <laughs> okay. That's what I agree with. I don't, there's no question about that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, this next one I think is fun. Uh, Crime Boss Rocky City. Sure. And I know. The, and let me see what that is. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> you, I think when you look at this, you'll remember it. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Or Dead Island 2. Oh, boy. I have no confidence in Dead Island 2. So I could probably pick Crime Boss without looking at it, but I'll look at it real quick. Oh, it has Michael Rooker. Yeah, That's it's great. got like all the. Oh, no. I got to go with Dead Island 2. <laughs> okay. That game looks terrible. <laughs> I forgot about that game. Yeah. I was like, once you look at it, you'll remember what it is. Yeah, I also picked that island too. Okay, three more pairings here. Final Fantasy 16 uh-huh. or Octopath Traveler 2. Oh, what'll score better? Octopath yeah. uh, will score better. Final Fantasy, uh, yeah, it's a little, it, they don't score great. So what do you think Octopath Traveler scored? It's probably gonna be like a ninety-two. I bet eighty-four. Oh, the f- you think that's what you're guessing? No, the first one. Octopath oh, I Travel thought you asked what I thought the second one was gonna get. Sorry. No, it only got an eighty-four. I thought it was higher. Yeah. So okay. does that change your thought at all? Uh, it, it almost does, but I'll still stick with Octopath <laughs> Traveler. Okay, I'm gonna pick Final Fantasy sixteen. Okay. Um, only because that's the game I want to play more out of the two of them. Oh, which I agree. Not- I want to play it more. Yeah. <laughs> uh this is the Josh special category this next one. I like it. Street Fighter skull 6. And bones. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I was going to put Skull and Bones on there but okay, I, okay. I chose not to. Okay. I was going to do Skull and Bones versus Crime Boss Rock A City but I was like ah, I'm not going to do that. I would pick Crime Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Street Fighter 6? Uh-huh. Or Diablo 4? Oh, why would you do that to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, Can I pick Street Fighter 6 like eight months after release versus Diablo 4 on release? Because I no. have no confidence Street Fighter 6 will launch well, but I bet it will become good. <laughs> okay. Um, Diablo 4. Okay. Well, this is actually easy. I have to pick Street Fighter 6 because how toxic gaming is. That It doesn't matter how good Diablo 4 is. It is going to get review bombed. But we're looking at we're I'm just looking at critics, not at users. Yeah, have you looked at Metacritic? <laughs> uh I think uh Street Fighter 6 will score higher, uh, especially if Diablo 4 has any sniff of a battle pass, which is what 
I can't get over still. I know we talked about this months ago, but I've never forgotten. <laughs> yeah. I, I should probably I look it up yeah. and not keep talking about it if it's not true. Diablo 4 Battle Pass. Explained. <laughs> um, I am going to pick Street Fighter 6. I think that the time is right for a fighting game to come out and take the world by storm and be good. Um, and I think Street Fighter 6 is posed for that. I think the betas have been very, very good. Uh, and people really seem to enjoy playing the game. I think that those who are reviewing it professionally are going to be fight, fighting fans and you know people who are really into the fighting game scene are, are loving street fighter 6 so i think it's going to win i think diablo 4 is going to be a good game but kind of like you said i think there's a lot uh swirling around diablo 4 right now that um is maybe making some people a little tense about what that game might actually look like when it releases so yeah yeah okay final matchup then josh the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom versus <laughs> every other game released in 2023. Oh, well, so that's we'll... as easy because it's not coming out this year. So I pick every <laughs> other game. <laughs> so you're taking the field against Breath of the, against Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, when it comes out next year, I'm sure it'll get 100 because, you know, how people work. Um, it'll probably be a 77, but it'll get 100. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But that's not coming out this year, so it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, every other game. I pick okay. crime, whatever, over. Crime Boss, Rocky City? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, I will take Tears of the Kingdom because I do think it will come out this year. And I do think it will be the highest rated game of the year over on Open Critic. Um, but yeah, that is just what Yeah, I'm if it does come out this year, it will be the highest rated game. Sight unseen. Yeah, yeah. So... Cool. Hey, I hope you enjoyed that. I thought it was fun. I I thought those were reasonable. That was fun. Pairings. Good job. Hey, thanks. Thanks. Uh, qu- do we have any questions this month? <laughs> we do have some questions. Awesome. I had the screenshot one, and then I got to open Twitter for the other one. <laughs> no, that's uh, fine. And if you know why I had the screenshot, it welcome to uh, Twitter, <laughs> and welcome to being in the know. Uh, but I put a hashtag that I shouldn't have put in. Because I like to have fun with my life, but Twitter likes to ruin fun, which is a surprise to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, you're fine. I'm not bitter about Twitter or rhyming on purpose. I'm trying to do two things at once. It's not working out well. Why I don't have our Twitter up on my computer right now is uh, astounding to me. Our first question comes from. Super listener, Splig. Splig. At Dopalicious on Twitter says, Ever use a board game to settle a conflict or make bets with the spouse? Uh, If I win, then dot, dot, dot. Uh, I can answer that by saying no. No, I wouldn't dare. (laughs) Um, Because it's just such a a battle to get the games going. And I don't want to make it worse uh, by like being like, now you have to do the dishes. Ha ha. <laughs> like that's not, that's not helping anybody out. <laughs> uh, we have you? done that, but usually it's like whoever wins gets to pick dinner type of something. Yeah. So it's usually like a reward, not like a negative thing. Like if you lose X, Y, Z or like, so it's usually like, oh, winner picks dinner, you know, winner, whatever. So we do it not very often, but we've done things like that before. Okay. 
Cool. Uh, our next and final question is from I can't see at Dustin Around on Twitter. Uh, we got three questions. Question number one: What upcoming games, video or otherwise, are you looking forward to this year? I think we covered that kind of. Do you have a game that you're looking forward to that we haven't talked about? I mean, the only other thing that we haven't really talked about that I'm looking forward to would be Spider-Man 2. Yes, that's right. I am as well. And we didn't talk about it, but you had it in one of your stories. I'm also looking forward to that Lord of the Rings adventure book game. The board game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it looks pretty Um, interesting. And there was one other board game I'm looking forward to. Wait, I can find it really quick. Uh, Tribes of the Wind. Okay. So that is one that I'm... It's currently out in... Like Germany, I think, and such. Um, I, or maybe ooh, it might not even be Europe, but uh, the English a bit uh, printing is happening this year. So cool. Okay. Uh, d- question number two: What's your favorite Marvel Snap deck? Ooh. Josh, what's your favorite Marvel Snap deck? My favorite Marvel Snap deck is the one I'm using, and it's a Thanos deck. Um, I like it because it challenges me every time I play. Uh, because you don't know what you're going to get. You don't know how often, because it essentially adds more cards to your deck via the Infinity Stones. So six more cards to your deck. Um, And it's challenging to fill your battlefields properly, especially when you have limiting locations for one-cost cards. It's -hmm. challenging against destruction decks, especially Killmonger. Um, And I'm always... It always feels like a different match to me. And I've been playing with a lot of decks since I started. And I I feel like this is the most exciting one to me. Although gotcha. I do have a deck I'm building, which it's all Venom Venomized variant art. And, oh, cool. Uh, it's, I, haven't, I haven't used it because it's not full yet. I'm like two cards away from having a full deck of Venomized card art. And I'm so curious with the cards that I have, how they'll play together. Probably not very well, um, but it'll be still fun to play. Uh, so those are my, that's my favorite deck is my current one. So I have three decks that I'm kind of rotating between that I'm playing the most right now. Um, one I call, for lack of a better term, I call it D-Day, um, but it basically is a Killmonger single do like one cost card kill deck um, with Death and Taskmaster. Yeah. As, like your win conditions at the end. Um, so it's got like, you know, the hood and Deadpool and Nova and Squirrel Girl and all that good stuff in there. Um, so that, and then I have a discard deck, um, which is just a pretty standard discard deck. Um, nothing too fancy about that one. Pretty much what you've always seen. And the deck that I also, that I have affectionately called PSL, um, like pumpkin spice latte, cause it's super basic, um, which is just <laughs> my Patriot deck. Um, you know, nobody has any abilities, just Patriot and Mystique, um, buffing, buffing with Ultron um and or onslaught for the the final win conditions so nice yeah i just you know kind of fluctuate between those three based off of what i'm feeling like playing so okay and i think we answered question number three question number three is what deck are you currently using in snap so yeah uh mine is a thanos deck i just added dazzler to it which has been a big boost to my deck um and i'm not trying to swap out cards too much I actually used to have Killmonger in my Thanos deck to mess with people and destroy my own Infinity Stones because you only need the Power Stone out. If you've played your other ones, you still get the boost. Um, But I took him out to to focus on uh, 
um, uh, why am I blanking on his name? The tiger. Zabu. Zabu. Um, because he lowers Dazzler, Omega Red, and I took out Rock Slide to put in Dazzler, so it lowers them down to two costs to get them up. Gotcha. Yeah, I've been trying to think of, like, I want to build, like, something new, but I just don't know what to build, and I haven't gotten any cards that I can, like, really build around recently. What's your cl- yeah. uh, collection level at right now, Josh? Oh, let me check. Uh, that's why I think that the, the versus mode stuff now is really good. Um, because you can really just mess around with different decks now without worrying about losing uh, levels. Uh, and while my Marvel Snap is loading, I will tell you my, what my collection level is uh, in a second. I always, I've been tempted to check because the new card art stuff came out, but I don't want to look. My collection level is currently, oops, what happened here? Um, five thousand one hundred thirty-one. Oh, I am two thousand two hundred thirty-six. So. Hey, nice! You're catching up. I'm trying. I'm trying. So, I don't. I I always hit this dead point, like or dead point. This little point, like so. Obviously, the new season doesn't start till tomorrow night. Yeah. So, like, and like, I have like the season pass done. So, like, I just don't play a lot right now because, like, and I know I could do my like the dailies and things like that. I just once the season pass is done, I just play like way, way really? less. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. I just don't think about it as much. I got lucky in my collector's reserves. The past couple, I got Titania and Absorbing Man, and I don't usually get cards from the collector's reserves, so I, I got real lucky getting some new cards out of there. So, yeah, it, I'm bummed because I keep looking for, like, new decks to play. So I'm, like, you know, playing around with my cards, and then, like, I, dude, I lost in the last, like, week, I lost so much level. Like, it was ridiculous because I was, like, trying, like, all these brews, and they were horrible. But I was, like, well, yeah. let's see what we can do. And yeah, it hasn't been great. So that's okay. Well, this isn't our Marvel Snap podcast yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but those are all of our listener questions. Awesome. Well, we'll move towards wrapping up the show. Then, obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you one other thing we're currently into that we're helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your suggestion this month? Well, I wasn't going to do this because it's so early in the show. But man, I don't know that I've gotten as much enjoyment out of a show in a long time as I have gotten out of the enjoyment of The Last of Us on HBO Max. It's so good, dude. It's just, um, it gives me so much confidence in what Neil Druckmann can do. Yeah. Because he's also directed these episodes. It's just kind of astounding how well it's written and acted and that they're not afraid to part of my French piss off the fan base. And that (laughs) makes me so much more confident in the rest of the season. We're not going to be pandering to people. This is going to be the vision of the show is just going to be what it is. And it really reminds me, I I'd say this knowing that this is a polarizing show, but it really reminds me of like storytelling and lost where they're free to mix up stuff. I know this is based off of pre-existing IP and Lost wasn't, but they're 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 not afraid to tell stories about flashbacks or different time periods or different parts of the world at the same time and what this means uh like 
for humanity and for people. And, and yeah. I mean, really episode three was the nail in the coffin for, uh, cementing this as one of my favorite shows of all time with only three episodes out. Actually, the fourth one is out now. It is out uh, now. Yeah. Um, but I won't watch that until tomorrow night. Uh, actually Tuesday night because I play Pathfinder tomorrow night. Uh, but I just, I love it. And I think that anyone can watch it. It's not too scary. Uh, it's really just a very awesome storytelling character development show so far. So right now I can say that this is an easy recommendation. Yeah, I would agree. The show is great. Um, really, really enjoy it. Um, even if people are review, bom- review bombing the crud out of it. Um, but it's great. Uh, so my recommendation is actually i don't know maybe it'll be a surprise maybe it won't be a surprise uh, it's a movie currently available on hbo max that movie is the menu hey i saw that movie did you like that movie i thought it was all right <laughs> so josh didn't like it as much as i did but ralph finds nicholas holt uh, anya taylor joy um heck judith light from who's the boss John it's got a whole bunch of people. what's that john leguizamo yeah it's got a whole bunch of people but basically it's about this uh hey I like fancy food, but it's about this young couple who goes to this remote island where there's a fancy uh, restaurant to get this fancy meal when things take an unexpected turn. And we'll leave it there. It is a little <laughs> bit maybe potentially horror-ish, uh, but I think it's more like suspense than it it's is It's a horror. thriller. Yeah, it's not yeah, horror. Yeah. Unfortunately. So, <laughs> uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was like all the right amount of ridiculous and... Um, like it just a, a kind of a quirky odd like it, there were parts that were supposed to be super serious and there were parts that were not and there were parts that were kind of funny like i don't know i just really enjoyed the menu i thought it was pretty good so if you're looking for that thriller style movie um that you know might make you jump once or twice um i recommend the menu i thought it was pretty great uh and you can find that on hbo max as well so with that hey josh what do you say we wrap this show up oh boy we better people are gonna start yelling from somewhere uh (laughs) thanks for joining us everyone in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board with fiji you can find us on facebook believe it or not at facebook.com slash board with vg so feel free to give us a five star rating over there also if you want to communicate in the more long form you're just not feeling social media please feel free to email us at board with fiji at gmail.com we tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji. So please use that hashtag as well on all your social media and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, yeah, you can still find me. I'm still here at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. I'm on Steam. I'm on Xbox. I'm on PlayStation. I have a Switch, uh, and I'm on BGG. Well, I have a BGG. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about... Oh my gosh. Yeah, we do. It's been so long because <laughs> uh, we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And like I said, even though this... Uh, episodes technically coming out in February. We will have an additional February episode because this is our January episode. Uh, and remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop being.
Josh. Sounds like Rost. I just wanted to, uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost.